Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer, who has just opened their East Coast Distribution Center and is now shipping orders from California and Pennsylvania. Check them out at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Yeah. All right, here we are. Once again, making it happen for you. Not for us. But for you, that's why we do this. Thank you. It's for you. Thank you very much. Not you, JP. Not me. I was wondering what the motive was. <laughs> it's not for us. I'm going to write tasty. this down. Say that real slow for one more time. Uh, it's it's for them. Yes. Not us. No, not it's, us. It's for me. Not, not us. you. No. Yes. Them. Not us. Okay. Yeah. I hear last week's show got a little crazy. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I don't remember much. I was told. <laughs> Went you black out about the two hour mark. <laughs> I blacked, I don't know, right about the time my blood pressure rose is where I blacked out, I think. That's just when it got good. You want to hear an interesting result of my explosion on last week's show? Uh-oh. Yes, I do, actually. Uh, what was the topic? Uh, I forget. Uh, I, I was here, but, you know. It had to do... I lost track about as soon as I get here. It had to do with improper sponsor... Uh, oh! Uh, management. Thank you. Yes, I get it. I remember that, yes. Yeah. I quit therapy. What? Now I know that sounds counterintuitive to the to the bizarre yet and an angry explosion that I had. But there's a but there's a reason behind it. I'm finally not holding in all the anger no. that I have. Ah. I unleashed the fury in all of its natural form and I felt instantly I'm healed. I'm cured. 
I don't hold it back anymore. That was it. It was just a plug. You were like a sailor at sea for 10 years. Precisely. And you found a flop house and then suddenly you feel better. <laughs> all the dust and everything, blood and wow. semen and everything else all came shooting out. Your emotional pipes are clear. No more therapy. No more wow. Steve. Did I you quit? Did you have the realization like during the show after the outburst or like reflecting at 11 p.m.? <laughs> Post aneurysm recovery. Well, the anger went on well into the middle of the night. Uh-huh. So it wasn't until the next day when I discovered how relieved I felt, how peaceful I, I felt with, with, with everything that had transpired that I was like, that's what he's been talking about. Just go ahead and get angry. Yeah. And I did. So did you did you have another session to explain all that, or you just called him up and said, I'm done? I had another session because it's I've been going to this guy for far too long. <laughs> you might remember that I tried to, to, to quit uh, before. Yeah, several times. And, and then he started working pro bono is how much he thought I needed his help. It's mm-hmm. been a long time he's been working pro bono. So, yeah. And so I, 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 I you know, presented uh, my case, and he said, that's what I was waiting for. Really? That's not what he, not, that's what he not said? precisely the blow up, but he said the kind of thing. You're he doing. said the last time that you said you were ready to get out of here, I just didn't think you were. I didn't think you had gone through what I'm waiting for you to go through. And he basically was like, "I think you got it." I never really, I guess, that weird thought that you had an issue with getting angry because <laughs> you get it so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it was just a, 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 a an issue with directing your anger. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's probably a bit of both. It, it's yeah. pro- imagine this. Imagine you've only been seeing a fraction of I know, my anger. Right? <laughs> awesome. And yeah. now, now that I'm cured, oh boy, is it going to be gnarly wow, for yeah. you? Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Nate, Nate Smith just walked in. Nate, you missed uh, Justin announcing that uh, per the blow up last week, he quit therapy. Yeah. Really? As opposed to extended it. That which was is a what breakthrough. It's a big turning it point was a for breakthrough. him. Yeah. I think most listeners are going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God that that guy's in therapy. It was the it was a breakthrough. I I unleashed the fury where the fury was appropriate. I got That's photo evidence of it. You do? You look kind of scary. I almost posted it, but it was a little too scary. I couldn't do it. Bevo told me that afterward, veins and and the whole bit. And I realized I did it when I felt it at the time that, of the thing that made me angry toward the people that were angering me. You're All right. the things you're supposed to do as an angry person. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's great. Society says you're supposed to bottle that up. Right. Make it worse. Yes. Screw so yourself over. Take screw it everyone else over later. And yeah. then see a therapist. Take yeah. it out on your wife. <laughs> so now you're going to be more of an asshole, you're saying. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know it's coming from a healthy place, Tasty. That's true. <laughs> it's for your better good. Yeah. yeah. Not ours. Yeah, the show. He, he's is just like our, our show. He's he's for him. Yes. Not us. Uh so, I don't know. Listen, we'll see how it goes. Hey, that's, what, that's exactly, we'll see how it goes. But yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, I got the guy's number. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying... Keep that time slot. Well, yelling at free help is always beneficial. Yes! <laughs> it's what I've been doing to Steve for a year. Right. And, and your crew here at the BN. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Turns out I've had multiple free therapists for a long time. It's pretty good. So I just thought I'd announce that. No more discussion about me and my little sissy therapy out of this guy anymore. No, you're a big right. man now. Now it's all punching bags and anger. Right. But you know, he kind of hopes he won't see you again in a way, but he knows better. <laughs> but yeah. He, yeah, he was like, he, t- he gave me like the, the nice, you know, oh, I think you're ready. All that. You know, he left and got out his notepad. To, to your diary. Yeah. He's marking a red X on the It'll wall calendar. Each January 10th, I give yeah. him three months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, you're a 
you're probably what is the over under on that actually <laughs> that's you should that could be another pool could he be act well could jb entered into the death pool <laughs> because all that rage he'll pop he'll pop he's, a vein he's turning he'll, into he'll the break uh, a medical show <laughs> yeah well i didn't mean to spend a lot of time on it i just thought <laughs> Doesn't it was, matter i thought it was an interesting footnote to last week's explosion that the opposite of what you thought would happen happened it could be that he just wasn't very good, and then you realize that somewhere. You're like, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, yeah. Steve, I can look. I'm, yeah. I'm ready, bro. It's cool. But it something's was, wrong here. It was his polite way of saying you're out of his league. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look, all this free help I ain't helping me or you. Yeah. Or the book is done. I mean, that was the other his case study. That's why we assumed he was doing all the free work anyway. That's true. All right. More importantly, uh, we received our first cease and desist letter here at the Brewing Network. Uh oh. Yeah, we received it last week after our awards show. Well, it's just a matter of time. <clears throat> you might recall that we gave Beer of the Year to Society Brewing Company. Right. Yeah. For, well for, the, for the Harlot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were quite happy with the beer. It was a practically unanimous decision. Uh, I, also, I even mentioned what a great brewery name the Harlot would be. Well, I think that's what trigger we the society sent us a cease and desist. I'll read it to you now. Uh dear Oh, society did it. Yeah. I mean Oh, I take it back. Maybe we don't like the beer I don't so know. much. I'm, I mean I would have thought the society guys of all people understand where we're coming from. But uh well I got this uh, it was in my say? inbox the next morning. So what they, they say? their law team got right on it. Dear Justin, huh? uh we're gonna have to ask you not to proceed with any plans to open the Harlot Brewery. In fact, it's come to our attention that your company, the Brewing Network, has blatantly infringed on our intellectual property by discussing the beer, the Harlot, here and after the 2013 Beer of the Year uh, on your show, as how it should be labeled. Uh, the Sunday session, dated January 6, 2014. We are extremely misled uh, when we were informed that you had misappropriated the 2013 Beer of the Year. We would like to remind you that the 2013 Beer of the Year is the sole property of Society Brewing Company, LLC, and you must refrain from discussing the 2013 Beer of the Year without our express, written, and verbal permission. Such permission may or may not be granted when we bring kegs of the 2013 Beer of the Year to pour at the Winter Brews Festival on Saturday, January 25th. Although we are honored to be informed that we have been awarded a BNA for the 2013 Beer of the Year, we need to stress the fact that we cannot wait to share the 2013 Beer of the Year with you and the entire <laughs> BN Army. Please immediately cease and desist from providing lackluster content on your network. Also, CC the Hop Grenade hmm. from their lawyer. Mike. Yeah, that's the problem is, you know, they hired uh, an attorney to be part of their, like, front office team, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, this is what you get when you get an attorney on your team. Now he's all over all of it. Ridiculous. Uh, If you would like to uh, direct your uh, uh, response... uh or anger, in my case. If you're a healthy, angry person... Towards Society Brewing you Company... you to be on the show. You will find them Saturday, January 25th, at the Brewing Network's 5th Annual Winter Brews Festival. Tickets are still available at bnbrewfest.com. They're still threatening that uh, they could pull out at any time. And I... I don't take those threats lightly. Will we be able to pour the harlot at Winter Bruce? Whoa. As we long as that? we don't... Oh, I, I can't say that? No. We're no longer allowed to discuss it. By the way, it's he to, heretofore known as the 2013... Beer there. You yeah, can't yeah. even sorry, say those sorry. words. You're going to have to go back and edit yeah, that. Yeah, cut it out in post. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, they they can pour it, but we cannot discuss it at the Winterfest. Ah, I see. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see those idiots over there. <laughs> I hope Dougie wears nutters. The weather's supposed to be warm. How do you know Better. that now? Really? 
<laughs> it's a long, long range forecast. Oh, we know that we know the forecast sixty years from now. Don't <laughs> you, you guys know? are very yeah, the lucky. Planet is screwed. <laughs> yeah. All right, Winter Brews Festival <laughs> is coming up. Go to bnbrewfest.com right now. I'm working hard on getting people out to this festival. <clears throat> I have a weird suspicion that we might sell out for the first time this year. So buy your tickets oh, early. There's a number. Okay. There's a number this year because I stopped ordering 10 million glasses. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so right. they, uh, you know, we're moving out of our current studio before the next Winterfest, and there's no place to store excess glassware. So I have planned for what we what we normally get and then some, a little bit of growth. Uh, we're getting a great response right now. For the first time ever, by about 20 breweries, we've broken our own brewery record. We now have Whoa, over 50. Over 50 breweries signed 50. up. The most we've ever had, I think, is uh, a, a 35. So How am I going to have quite. a beer from each? You're going to kill me now. Uh, it's, I know. It's, that it's, is crazy. And not just that. The lineup is pretty stellar. I mean, I'm not just talking about every Tom, Dick, and Harry who yeah. has a brewery license. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Society, uh, Jester King, Heretic Brewing Company, Marin, and Moylan's. We haven't had Moylan's in a while, and they're, they're going to be back this year. Nice. Uh, a couple of new breweries, Triple Voodoo, who you've heard on the show recently. Uh, I mean, you name it. So we're now up to over fifty, which is by a lot. uh, Faction. Oh, faction! We'll be doing their first pouring event. Is it their first fest? Oh, nice! Oh, I love it. Roger Davis doing his first event with us. Yeah. That's fantastic. I share the same concern as Nate. Can we maybe get like eyedropper sized, <laughs> uh, you know, just a drop just to per taste. brewery? And right. we still get a buzz on that way. Uh, it might you might have to do it. Everyone's going to have to be careful with over fifty. Not to mention Tasty's Tasting Room, which uh, I understand has at least twenty beers coming right now, and probably will end up more. Yeah, we're going to do really have a you know nice little uh, setup there, and uh, of course, as usual, have the longest line and the uh, oh, most yeah. buzz. Tasty, what are you pouring? Do you know yet? I'll be doing my blind pig clone. Okay. Yeah. And Nathan, is one of your beers going to make it? Yeah, I think so. I got three in the pipeline, one of which may make it through. Not sure which one's going to be ready Not yet? Not sure. Hopefully I have a IPA featuring a new hop called Azaka. I want to pour that oh, if it's any good. I've never tried that hop, so. You know, I've been going around handing out the flyers and the posters at the different beer bars around the East Bay, and... Uh, at almost every single one I go into, either a bartender or a server or a manager is like, uh, they're all homebrewers. And they're, they all tell me, hey, I- I'm going to be there. I'm pouring at Tasty's Tasting Room. That's awesome. So there's a lot of people in the industry now that are bartenders and, all, and servers and all that that are also homebrewing. And are. I know there's a guy from Ole. I think Dan is his name. Yeah, Dan Bennett. Yeah, he's on the list. Met a guy down at Trappist who said he's going to pour. Uh Shit, I think I even met someone at Faction who wasn't working, but just hanging out in the tasting room, said he's going to pour. So a lot of homebrewers going to be there pouring their beer, too, and that's exciting. Uh, Live music from Forest Day in Lucas, Ohio. Just just take my word for it and go get your tickets already. It's going to be a good time. All right, a couple other announcements. Still doing our Homebrewer of the Week segment. In fact, we've got another feature for you today. If you'd like to nominate yourself or somebody else for Homebrewer of the Week, just send Scott an email with a description of yourself or said Homebrewer of the Week to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Brewing disasters as well. Keep those coming. Yeah. All goes to Scott. foot five. I have brown hair. Slightly (laughs) overweight, but I have a cleft foot. What temp do you like to mash in at? (laughs) I'm not very into hiking. No. Due to cleft foot. Although I am into biking. Yes. Which is weird. It is weird. Not the normal two wheel. I like the three wheel kind that you sit down. That's my kind of biking. The recumbent bike. The clubbed foot biking team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Straight out of Martinez. Yeah. Coming soon to a highway near you. (laughs) A two lane windy road near you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Send all that to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Look, if all else fails and you don't know where to send things, they go to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Pretty much. All right. Uh, some of you did a lot of your uh, Christmas shopping on Amazon, and you did it by clicking our Amazon link on the homepage, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, please continue to do so. It's a great way for you to help support the content of this show and help us bring it to you each and every week. You spend all the same money you did anyway. Just we get a little piece of it. Not all of it goes to the man. Some of it goes to the boy, which is what we are. We're like the, <laughs> the boy. boy inside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so keep doing that, please. We appreciate it. You can also support us by shopping in our store. There are uh, Brewing Network grill aprons to get ready for the warm weather. Uh, there are BN onesies up there now for all those of you been asking to dress your babies as degenerates. Those are there now. There's a, a lot of new hats. I got new hat colors and styles in there. Zippies, hoodies, T-shirts. For men and women, you name it, there's a bunch of stuff on there. There's things. Just click the store button or just go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store, and that's a great way to support us, too. All of this uh, is available to listen to on your BN Mobile app. Just search BN Mobile in iTunes or the BN Marketplace. Watch it live on thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. That's our live stream page, and you can see pretty much every show that we do live. Brew Strong, Dr. Homebrew, uh, Brewing with Style, The Session, other things and things <laughs> all over at brewingnetwork.com like slash TV. All right. Subscribe and join the BN Army. That helps, too. Get all this and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you. You're welcome. Send show ideas to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send everything else back to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> all right. Do we have a Twitter game today? We do. What is it? Oh. Our Twitter game is brought to you today by the 21st Amendment. Go to 21st-amendment.com. Where you will find information about their new sneak attack Saison. They released it in the winter this year. Those misling little bastards. That's a real sneak attack. Saison in the winter. Go to 21st-amendment.com. What's Twitter game? Well, uh, as we're all, you know, maybe we're all aware of this, I don't know. But uh, Moscow is no longer on Twitter. The escalating gender wars have got to him. And he decided to remove himself from social media, especially Twitter. Um, so what do you think he spends his days doing now? What fills his time Besides fighting online, like there's no more fighting to do. Right. What does he do? I've often wondered what he does with his time. Uh, well, we're about to find out. <laughs> so the, the you, you presume that before I was just posting on Twitter, and now what? <laughs> yes. yes, I see. Right, he yeah. won't even be able to read how much time things. things. Right, <laughs> because he's like the guy that protests too much. Right, and so once he discovered Twitter, you know that it meant he was all in. It's all he did for whatever that period of time was. That seems like him. What now? Right. That's what, our Twitter game. Yes. What does Scott do now? <laughs> Nothing. Don't do anything. Twitter soaked up too much of his time. He's producing yeah. in silence. Right. Can, can I play along today? <laughs> yes, Stacy, you may. Uh, I'll, I'll put my entry in later. I want to do feedback. But it'll be about masturbating or something. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah, I will lump it in with the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, all the masturbating jokes. Uh, you for feedback? Does anyone want to send it to you again? It's here somewhere, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What's the date today? 13th. Got it. Found it. I thought I was going to get the fury. <laughs> now I'm nerv- I'm more nervous than usual now. I'm all released, man. You know that fury thing? You know, last week I must have been too stoned. But I didn't get it. I mean, I didn't feel his right. But he was directing it at people that were doing it. Yes. Right. I knew to shut up. But I'm good, right? <laughs> yeah, you just you, know, uh, you did. They see, didn't know to shut up. There was no fury towards you. No, you, I you, didn't feel any, so I didn't get. I didn't see your release. Like 
Everybody else might have seen it. See? Appropriate timing directed at the appropriate people. Right. It's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't Steve say that three years ago? Because you weren't ready. I was not young one. Padawan. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you're absolutely right, Tasty. You left here with... I didn't think I could have given you a dozen I, That's why I asked. What was the big deal? What were you <laughs> yeah. Where was this point at? Yeah. I didn't see it. No. <laughs> well, remember the part where he threw the clipboard against the, the window and <laughs> yeah. almost cracked the glass? I, must, uh, I was getting a beer, I think. Oh, you're getting a beer. Yeah. I see. Uh, I haven't checked the glass. Uh, it, it could be cracked. We, we, it's behind the curtain. It could be. Has anyone looked? No. Didn't I'm shatter. A, I'm afraid to. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Let's leave it at that. All right. Let's do our uh, feedback. All right. Feedback's brought to you today by our good friends over at Austin Homebrew Supply. Go to austinhomebrew.com. If you're a Texan, they got a great Texas homebrew shirt you can get there. They got some other cool shirts, too, that we gave away at our um, at our holiday party. They have an ACDC-style shirt that's FGOG. Nice. Yeah, but they did the same lettering and everything. It's a pretty badass shirt. That's cool. They got some cool stuff over there, plus all the homebrew supplies you can ask for. Go check them out. They're big on kits. They have a lot of recipe kits that they've designed uh, designed themselves, uh, not to mention clones. Uh, They really pride themselves on their quality recipe kits. So if you're looking for a certain style of beer to do or a beer from a a certain brewery, uh, go check out austinhomebrew.com. All right. Let's see what's in the feedback. Oh, is this a poem? Yeah. A poem? It's a poem. I believe it's how it's pronounced. Oh, it's by Tour. Mm-hmm. All right. It's to JP. Right. Uh, should I read it in his grammar? I think you should. <laughs> I think you not only should, but you must. You have to. Yeah. All right. I have a friend called JP. I'm not sure if he likes me. He can be a bit of a douche. He can be a bit of a noose. But I like his phobic humor. So far, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh... I like him most of the time. He makes my laughter chime. I like the shows he makes. I like the enthusiasm he fakes. <laughs> when, I love this. When Justin throws Just him a bone. Oh, yes. Okay. Arg, F this. Get well, JP. And if you die, I, I'll i like to inherit your favorite 12-sided dice. Sighted. Dice. Better fight it first. Uh, that was all. Thanks from tour. No, I have the 12, oh, you got but it. I don't really use a 12 all that often because my guys are fucking 8s and 10s, bro. <laughs> did we still lose your other one? What did we lose? Your 13? My my 20-sided, that has been right here forever and ever. If we don't find it when we move this studio over to the Hop Grenade, yeah. I'd be offended if I were you because it means somebody stole it. I'm convinced someone stole it. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Who would steal it? I don't know. Or, or no, why would somebody steal it? Because to Meisel JP. Because they only have an 8. Yeah, there you go. Because they only have a 19-sided. Only to Meisel JP. <coughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's just well, a fuck with you. Who else plays D&D that would even care? No, I don't think it's... It, it's, it's not cared. that, is it? It's that it's important to me. Oh. Right? Do you think uh, there's a chance? See, nobody would do that to me because right. I'm I'm likable. Right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, maybe we should ask them to turn it in, like the assholes. So they are. Should we do one of those? We no no charges. No questions asked. We'll, no, no questions, questions asked. asked. No, we won't press any charges. Just just, <laughs> just return the very important hundred sided dice. That never right. works. That approach it does it never gets returned. Whatever the item is, sometimes doesn't it work with babies and stuff? Like when people kidnap babies. Doesn't I don't know that. Either. I don't know. Probably I mean, doesn't. who, you know, ask Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> I would I would have thought there'd be a good chance someone would return it now that JP has announced that he's dying of cancer. It's like, right. you felt bad. Like, All right, you know what? You can have your dice back. Whoever yeah. stole it, if they don't return it, you will get cancer. That is, that's what ah, karma yeah, will do to you. That's just good science. You stole a cancer die. Yeah, it's actually a die. It's not a dice. Whatever. Die of, ca- hmm? <laughs> Whatever. 
I find myself rewriting all of Sugar Valley Brewers into songs about JP having cancer all week long. Like, like whenever they, I don't know why, but I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. JP's got cancer. Are <laughs> like you? All of them. Are you not on Twitter either? <laughs> oh, why is it? I'm not. No. No. Well, that, well, that that's why you have free time to do that. <laughs> just like Scott. Yeah. Now you know. I just keep writing them. Well, you know? I appreciate that. JP is a friend of mine. Like I do that one. Too. All the old ones doesn't even matter. He's got cancer, and that's just fine. <laughs> sometimes I'm not happy with the lyrics I write, like that, yeah. and then I'm like, "Wow, you shouldn't say that." It's funny, but, but it I'm not likable. Remember that? <laughs> right. Son of a bitch. Yeah. JP lost his wiener in the cancer ward. The cancer ward. The cancer ward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has anybody ever had wiener cancer, or yeah. is it just yeah, ball it cancer? I sure. Any flesh can get cancer. Sure. Yeah. It's just a misled like a gene or whatever, a misled cell that grows exponentially. JB stuck his wiener in the cancer mold. Cancer, cancer mold. <laughs> the cancer mold, you're right. See, I'm not I'm not great at the lyrics. <laughs> just, just stuck his wiener in <laughs> JP's cancer <laughs> hole. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. It was wet and warm and fine. <laughs> oh. uh, if not a little bit lumpy and less than malignant. <laughs> well, there are chambers. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, Can we move on? <clears throat> yeah, there's only one more. Yeah, feedback wasn't very good this week. Love the holiday show with Matt Brinelson. Thank God it was not Nicole's birthday. Your pal, <laughs> Harry Hood. Was it Nicole's birthday on a previous Brinelson show? No. Not Brinelson, no. the last, the last holiday show. show. Oh. And the last, I think the last time she was even on, right? I think she chugged like eight beers and it was a stellar drunk of the week performance. Yeah. Maybe a once in a lifetime sort of deal. Did well. she accept her... Um, uh, recognition award at the end of last week's program. Do you know? Did she? Was she? Did she feel honored? Oh, definitely. She felt very honored. She didn't want to feel left out. She wanted to win something. Good. Well, so and she did. Yeah. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's it. That's yeah. that's all the feedback. Yeah, it was it was uh, very lackluster. Okay. Well, that's it. No, sp- not even a spam of the week. Huh? No, the spams were all the exact same ones we've been doing, and they were just weren't very good. They weren't very dynamic. What's happened to the spammers? Are not being very creative now. I think we're out of the rotation a little bit. Mm-hmm. What maybe. about the original spam that became your cancer announcement? Did they ever write back? No. <laughs> they said they only had seven days did. or something like that. So. You know, I've responded to a couple of these, and nobody ever gets back. <laughs> See, that's you think that a single response and the floodgates would open. <laughs> right. Oh, they could sell those email addresses to people worldwide. Think oh, maybe that's what's happening. Oh, They're just course. selling the. But that's okay. We want more. That's true. So that's true. Okay. All right. Real quick, if you use coupon code BNARMY over at adamandeve.com, you can get a bunch of adult things at a discount, some things for free, like shipping. Here's what happens. Use coupon code BNARMY. You get just about any item for 50% off. And then you get free shipping. And then you get to choose uh, three free adult DVDs from genres such as... Anal. Big butts. Redheads. Busty. Yeah, all sorts. You name it, it's there uh, over at adamandeve.com. And then you get a free extra gift that's sensual. It is. Apparently. It's how, very how sensual. sensual. So sensual that, I don't know. But you get a, everyone gets a different one, I guess. It's not the same one anymore. It's not like, oh, now I've ordered once and I got my sensual gift. I, I won't get another surprise. You could get another surprise because they now rotate the sensual things. That That's was right. That was Bevo that announced that, right? Oh, they it's change also, it all the time. Yeah, Bevo's our best customer. <laughs> it's also online. Uh, oh, they show it? No, but oh. people talk about it. Oh, I yeah. see. It's weird. Bevo goes, have you ever ordered from Adam and Eve? And I go, 
Oh, we're finally having this conversation in our friendship. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, we started talking about it. We were like Googling what you can you can get random cool stuff. I think we talked about it. We did. Someone got a double ender. Really? Yeah. The old double ender. <laughs> That's not a, I don't wouldn't call a double ended dildo sensual. I would call it like factual. Like <laughs> this is a thing. This is a, a solid fact. I wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not sensual. Something I do. But like just like uh destructive do they make a double ender that's like that has two on one end and one on the other or maybe a double double ender so that everybody's getting double i don't everybody know involved the double double but they, they should make a double double yeah it's all you know if you slop it with lube it's yeah. animal style yeah it is <laughs> i'm sure they do i mean people are freaks that's a lot of it's a lot of ends oh. it's yeah. a lot of double d's don't, <laughs> don't google image that whatever you do <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, oh, how did that go for you? <laughs> I can't unsee that. Apparently, Scott's never been on Google Image. Or... Oh, see, I don't, I'm not the guy who turns off the uh, adult the supervision. I, I keep safe search smart, on all the smart. time because mm. I don't, because I can't unsee things either, and yeah. it ruins things for me. Yeah. I don't want that. Uh, it might ruin you from seeing something good, too, so. You know what? But it's a risk I'm yes. willing to take. Yes. Bas- like, uh, like the two guys, three cups or whatever it's called, mm. a yeah. couple cups and a person. Right. Never saw that. Never, never saw it either. Why would anybody do that to themselves? Right. You can't unsee that. What's the uh, the only the only <laughs> part I ever played in in that phenomenon was excuse me watching some of the reaction videos. I saw a couple of them, and those were pretty. Those were pretty funny. That's all I need to see yeah. to know that how disgusting it is. I don't need right. to see the actual thing with the the. But sl- people thing. like to watch it all, like the world's largest pimple and all these videos, faces and, of death, and I'm just like. I don't know. You, really, you have to have that in your life. Yeah. I feel like if I die, they just don't have Twitter yet. Having cool. <laughs> see, if I die, having never seen half of the things that young people and old people see in their life today, I'll be fine with that. You know that you're only as good as what you put in. You ever think of that? It's not just food. It's not just junk food. You got to consider your brain kind of the same. So, you know, you're, you're sitting around watching the Jersey Shore like I do. I'm a much dumber person when I do that. Yes. When I spend my time reading, I'm a much smarter person. That's why it, I listen to classical music. The, whatever you put it, and I do, I, I'm kind of making fun of this, but oh, I would make the very quick PSA. The, the same with food works with your brain. Whatever shit you put in is what shit you're going to get out. Right. Put in more good things. I just drank beer and made beer for years. Is that how I ended up here? <laughs> yeah. See? All My right. point? Exactly. How is that Jersey Shore book? Is it good? <laughs> See, I love that stuff. But I, now that I canceled cable, I don't know more Jersey Shore. I'm a much smarter person. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, it is a challenge having to source stuff out. But yeah, none of that. You can't just randomly fall onto a reality show <laughs> and you get caught in that trap. Because everyone likes looking at car accidents. Yeah, well, yeah. I was at my brother's house the other day. Teen Mom was on. I guess they rebooted the show. And we're sitting there waiting to go. And I'm like, this is the most dumb shit. Is she really going to say that to that boy? Like, you just get caught up in it because you it's do. terrible. And and don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to stand on my high horse and, and say that we all do it. Both right. with junk food. I, I like the occasional junk food. And, and with junk information. It's fun. It's nice to relax. Don't get me wrong. I'm not judging. And I'm not standing on my high horse. I'm just making the, uh, I'm just letting you know the conclusion I've come to, and that's that my brain works better when I put good things in it, just like my body. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. I can't believe uh, Schumann never forced you to watch that by like, oh, hey, come check out this uh, YouTube video on my laptop, and then he hits that. I heard a lot of people got forced into watching it. Yeah, because he, they have songs on like every Teen Mom episode. For some reason, the Trophy Fire became like the Teen Mom 
you know, band. <laughs> Ironically. Like the house band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I had to watch a couple uh, bits and pieces. And uh, Look, I'd still be watching Jersey Shore if it was on the air, too. Uh, you know, I, I, for some reason, I like that train wreck. Are you going to buy Poly D headphones? Ooh. They have a DJ Paulie D. They oddly enough, they look like those those Dr. Dre. Yeah, he just rip, wreck, oh, he rip off weird. the Dre thing. No, no, had... because it's not that I'm a fan of the people by any means. Right, I'm a fan of the train wreck. Right. So if there was a way for me to represent the train wreck, I'd wear it. I don't know how that happens, <laughs> but I think it's my life. Bronzer. I don't <laughs> it's know. how I behave when I'm watching that show. Yeah. That's me representing. Anyway, that's all. That's all for that's your lesson for today, boys and girls. <laughs> Thank you. All right. As if anybody didn't already know that. Right. Okay, let's take ourselves a quick break. When we come back, we're talking to the boys over at Ruben's Brews out of Seattle. We've got Adam Robbings on the show today and some interesting English malt uh, beer to talk about. Plus, we have some to taste, right, Moscow? So we're going to be able to talk about that. If you want to talk about dark malts and specialty malts and English malts, this is your show. 888-401-BEER. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us. we got a lot to do today with our next guest, Adam Robbings. He's the founder and brewmaster of Rubens Brews. They're out of Seattle, Washington, and I think we're going to learn a lot from this guy. I based that on the fact that I just tasted one of his beers. Turns out it's the second beer of theirs I've tried, because he sent in a Roggen beer, or a listener sent in his Roggen beer when we did the Roggen beer episode. And I like that one quite a bit, too, and now I like this robust porter in Let, front of me. Let's play it for Adam before he uh, before he comes on. Oh yeah, you got the clip. 
Let me interrupt this for one second because we did pour one of these Roggen beers in here. Who, whose beer is this one? This one is from uh, Rubens Brews up in Seattle, Washington. That's a fantastic beer. It's pretty good. I'm enjoy. I thought for sure I was not going to like a Roggen beer because of the closeness to Hefeweizen yeast, but the rye spice in this. And it's it tastes a like lot, a rye bread. And it's a lot of it, yeah. yeah it's yeah. more like a rye bread and, and, and less of that banana bullshit that I don't like. I really like this beer. Oh, there we go. See? I knew I liked something about this guy. Adam, welcome to the show. Uh, is it the same settings issue? Oh, no. He's going oh, under the table. Uh, uh, are we going to get to see uh, post-therapy uh, Jay right now go berserk? No, because I know how to fix it. Oh. Is it your fault, though? Nope. Oh, no. so why, oh, I feel like we did, we should see some rage. If Someone's got to take the blame. Due to not Jay, it wasn't me, was it? Uh, was it me? Uh, as long as it wasn't me, I would like to see rageful Jay. Here, let me give you my. What's the uh, ABV on this robust porter? Uh, this is. Let's see, five point nine thirty IBUs. Mm. Really nice balance. I guess why we like it so much. It's so drinkable. Let's try that. Unless I have to reboot, Adam, you with us? Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Sorry about that. Had a had a wrong setting. Sure thing. So you probably didn't get to hear any of what we were saying about your wonderful beer yet. Hopefully, it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. It was good stuff. I was mentioning. So we've already opened your your robust porter, and it turns out a, we did a Roggen beer show some time ago, and a listener sent us your your Roggen beer style. Yeah, uh, which yeah. Wow. which by the way, as you probably know, is very difficult to find in the U.S. Um, and we loved it. I, I didn't think I'd like that style, but we actually liked it quite a bit. So 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 believe it or not, even though it's the first time we're meeting you, we already have a history, Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Roggen beer was one of the first beers we actually brewed on a commercial system. It was a homebrew recipe I scaled up. Got it. Yeah. And w- why did you choose that that style? Um. I like doing things a little differently. I, I actually, um, when I was um, a home brewer, I was looking look at uh, categories that I wanted to to have beers to to compete in competitions with, and the Robin beer was one that just reading it sounded delicious. So I went out to try and try and buy some commercial examples to sort of get a feel of how I wanted to design the recipe, and there were there were none that I could get right. in like free bottle stores. So I thought, well. Let's do it. And it's been one of our most popular beers in the tasting room. It's excellent. I think, uh, you know, more more brewers should should branch out. JP preaches this quite a bit, should branch yes. out on the styles a, a little bit. And I think this, is, this isn't this is one I would have recommended ahead of time because I'm not a fan of the, the that Hefeweizen yeast ester that, that comes out of some of those style beers. But your beer was not like that at all. It was really a great Roggen beer. So, well done. Oh, cheers, cheers. Listeners fermentation profile with the that hef strain you know so is that a, is it a lower temperature can you tell us about the profile i got a lot more to ask you but why don't we just start there yeah with, with that with that you so it's um why yeast 3068 so vine stefan um we we try and um pitch in around 60 to 62 and then hold it so it doesn't go above 64 got it and then give it like three days and then let it let it go up to 69 and just ferment itself out. But if you keep it suppressed, you can get a lot more balance of clove and banana. Whereas if you let it go a little too high, up, you get the banana bombs, you know. Yeah. So well, after the three days, you're not going to get much more flavor characteristic out of the yeast. Is that is that why that time frame before you let it rise? Yeah, the ester profile and phenol should be pretty much locked in. Got it. Um, and one thing we get, that yeast is an animal. So it, it just... 
overflows out of the fermenter like crazy. Um, so we know when it stopped, like just literally like foam, like yeast foaming out like permanently, we know then we can rise, let it rise a bit, you know? Got it. Okay. I like a good visual cue. I don't have to guess. <laughs> it's exploding. Everything's fine. <laughs> All right, listeners, you can go to rubensbrews.com and check out the beer list over there. There's a great beer list, and and, uh, we're going to be talking about some of these today, so I I encourage you to do that. Go to rubensbrews.com. You can also call 888-401-BEER if you've got questions. Bevo will be here shortly, so go ahead and enter the chat room, and when you see her log in there, you can ask us questions uh, that way as well. So, Adam... Why don't we start with some of the obvious? I'd like to know a little bit of your of your brewing history. Uh, of course, it sounds like you didn't start your life in the United States. <laughs> yes, I, I am. I was born in in London, in West London, I, and I lived there uh, in that sort of area until uh, two thousand and four. I moved here in two thousand four, and originally just to do a two year uh, transfer with work, and then and then move back. And I was in finance at. Um, um, mobile phone company okay. and um, I liked it so I extended my stay I, I met my wife to be so then I moved here permanently and then we got married and and uh, Ruben was born in 2009 and when he was born in um, he like uh, not really him but he bought me a homebrew kit uh, to get me started so my, I think my wife had had enough of me talking about different beer start beers and wanting just to change them commercial beers a little bit so i'd like train my palate on different hot profiles and different uh, more profiles and and so she sort of said well you, here you go uh, ruben's bought you this you can uh, you know sort of shut up now or, or make up you know <laughs> nice and and um yeah so uh, you know when i first I, the first three beers were all just recipes that uh, sort of standard recipes that i brewed and then after that i um branched branched out into just doing all my own 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 recipes and within about six batches all grain and you know the rest is history but in in the we were lucky enough so that summer um we went to a local festival which has um about a thousand people and uh go to it and about 28 breweries and we saw that there were some home brewers pouring there so we asked because they do the festivals in the summer and the winter so we asked could we be part of the winter one and um we we uh, went along, so so they vetted you. So you had to go in front of the beer committee. It oh was a, boy, a pretty nice job. Uh, there was like a beer a dozen people on the beer committee. <laughs> um, so yeah, we took four beers, and they all tried the beers, and they approved us. So we went to the festival, and um, it was amazing. There were, you know, like I said, there were twenty eight breweries, all all of the bigger the bigger guys there, and we won the People's Choice that night. Nice. And yeah. were there other home brewers entered too, or this is you against all uh, craft breweries? So there was two home brewers. There's one other um, home brewer who, um, who has since also turned pro as well recently. So they um, they're literally like three blocks away from us on in in Ballard. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So from then, like, we were in the paper, and we were get. I was getting emails asking for our beer, like from bars, and it was like, well, I'm just a home brewer of my homebrew kit in my garage so right <laughs> you know, it, i just carried on learning I, I i really was new to new to it and then two years later we we opened uh, in august 2012 now that's a great competition tasty how about that you're a home brewer there's only two of you up against 20 something professional breweries yeah well, what's this vetting process I mean, what was that like did you have to keep your clothes on or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it to. a competition or something, or how did you how did you even get the opportunity to be vetted? Yeah, to be vetted there. Yeah, so I I 
I think we just put our hand up and then they invited, I don't know how many homebrewers went to, to in front of the committee. I oh. think it was at least four. Mm-hmm. And um, they were trying to, your beers just to make sure that, you know, they weren't disgusting or going to kill anybody there, I think. Um, so aside from the risk of this beer committee being a little too pretentious for my tastes, <laughs> I kind of like this step in the process because it was all other professional brewers yeah. who I guess you would hope have enough experience that you know their beer's not going to be total shit. It's not the way around here. It's not always that way, but you know. So I do sort of like that there was a standard. Were they pretentious or were they pretty cool? Like, oh, you know what? This tastes like good beer, so you're good. Now, they they know their stuff. Like, um, uh, a couple of them uh, go to GABF every year and... um, Okay. And and, and after after that, because we got a little bit too much press... um, uh, homebrewers were, were banned; they weren't allowed to go oh, anymore. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding! Oh, it's illegal here too. Oh, because it wasn't legal to do it, right? Yeah, it's, it's sort of it was on the edge, I think. Yeah, what? and it got a little bit too much of a spotlight because my wife and I were thinking, well, this would be fun to do every six months. Uh, sure, we can brew a beer, and uh, the beer we brewed there was the roasted rye. I didn't get your, bo- I didn't send you a bottle. I should have sent you one of those. But um, uh, yeah, and so when they said no, you can't do that, it's like, oh, well, that's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what a bummer! What a cool thing, though, as a homebrewer, not only to 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 win that people's choice, but then to be getting phone calls from bars. How do we get your beer? That's kind of fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, that next year, so I, I I brewed just a lot more competitions. I, I did an intensive course at UC Davis to understand a bit more of the technical side. Okay, and just carried on learning and learning and just trying to absorb. And um, as as sort of luck would have it, I, I want to. Uh, best of show in a, in a competition um, in, in the state and brewed my beer at Anacortes Brewery, which is just a bit north of Seattle. Okay. And, um, and then because homebrewers were banned from that, that next year's uh, festival, Anacortes managed to take the beer that I brewed with them to the festival and that won the People's Choice again. Wow, excellent. That year. And so that was sort of, yeah, we should we should give this a go. <laughs> yeah. Now, which beer, which beer was that, Adam, that won the... Uh your collaboration beer what was that that was american brown okay so that that's one that we're going to be bottling this season so spring um yeah yes and it's a little different because it's it's got some a little we're sort of known for having some uh, rye beers yeah i noticed that what's with that yeah well the the um the homebrew store that i went to when i was learning um Bob's at homebrew in um, in Seattle. He he loves rye, so he was always talking about rye. <laughs> okay, and, and it sort of was ingrained in my head that rye was the thing to do. And the other thing thing was it was a, a British maltster that makes like pale um, pa- uh, chocolate rye and and uh, crystal rye, which is a you know Thomas Fawcett crystal yeah. rye. Um, so I like playing with when I'm trying to build some recipes. I like doing something a little different, and that was not totally crazy, but it was. Uh, Add a little bit of spice. Well, sure. You know, and I noticed, like, your, all your styles are are West Coast styles, are, you know, in that vein. Why, why aren't you making English milds? Or I mean, I'm, I'm not, not to stereotype you, but uh, no. did, you, did you get your uh, drinking legs while on this over here rather than in England? Um, so so when, I, when I left in 2004, the, the craft beer scene in the U.K. didn't, really exist um i'm sure i'm going to get beaten up for that but um <laughs> you just couldn't find them huh? there was not much it was everything was fizzy yellow or or a bitter you know and um when i came over here that's what really sort of opened my eyes and i started really training my sort of beer palette when i when i moved over here um yeah we 
a lot of people always ask me why haven't we got a, a bitter, and I've I've got um a recipe like a London Pride recipe, yeah, which is one of my favourites when I when I go back, um, and I'm actually talking about doing a collaboration with the brewery from my home hometown where I went to school, um, Windsor and Eaton Brewing. Um, they're they opened in 2010, and we're talking about doing a virtual collaboration. So we'll that's awesome. Both brew at sort of the same time, but sort of by like we'll on. On video conference, we'll sort of watch each other and we'll work on the recipe together. But nice, yeah, I think we might do a brown porter or something like that. Something that would link in sort of the UK links and a little different. We we've never brewed. I like that. You you don't have to be there to have do a a collaboration beer anymore. Plus, it reduces your carbon footprint. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I like that you have these West Coast styles that are, are some of them are some hybrids, which is nice to see. But I think it seems like you brew a lot of different beers, so there's probably plenty of room for you to experiment with English styles too, if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. When we um, when we opened, we had forty different start recipes, wow. forty different styles that I I had recipes for that I thought was strong enough to be brewed commercially, and we we set ourselves up with no distribution so we we had no sales team we had it was me and my brother-in-law and my wife and um we were going to just we have 12 taps at the brewery we're just going to brew what we want and not be locked into anything and before we knew we had 50 accounts all but one of people coming into the brewery asking for our beer how did that happen that's sort of word of mouth i guess okay um, literally um people coming in and asking for our, our um can they get us on tap and it's like well at the start, it was like, well, I don't even know how to do that. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't think that far ahead of there this whole commercial the, brewery process. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I hadn't really thought, thought about that. I knew what I wanted to brew, and that's about it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so, so we've brewed last year about 36 different styles, um, and we don't have any um, flagships. So um, people are sort of demanding certain beers all the time, like like the porter, that you've got in the Imperial Rye. Yeah. It's another one we're sort of known for. So we just sort of, nothing was really consciously uh, thought through. It was like, let's just do what we want to do and see where it takes us. You know, sort of. What's funny about that is that we've had other startups and brewers come in and say that that was their plan. Well, I'm not going to do the standards. I'm not going to. And then inevitably within like a year, you know, they have four standards because you have to sell those beers. It sounds like you didn't even. You said that in the beginning, and you're still there now. You're just brewing what you want to brew. <laughs> we um, we like our our bottle. So we're in, we're in about sixty stores now. Um, wow, uh, in twenty twos, and I was worried about doing that because I was worried that that might lock us into the same beers all the time. But what we've done is we we have a seasonal release schedule, so we can brew three different beers this quarter and then three different beers next quarter, and uh, keep it keep it fresh like that. Um, so and your fans in the area know if they find you at the bottle shop every quarter, they're going to find something new from you. Yeah. And not just something new next to your standard. Literally, whatever shelf space Ruben's Brews has is something new. Yeah. Yep. So it's a different crop of like seasonals every, every three months or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little... Con- so we have like an imperial seasonal, so every three months the imperial beer changes. Okay. So like um, it was the imperial... I- Imperial IPA now it's going to be an Imperial Oatmeal Stout this this um, quarter and then we have a standard seasonal which um, will be the American Brown it was a roasted rye which is like a 
sort of like an imperial brown ale. Um, and then um, we also then have another, just the way logistically it works, we have another spot and then we eventually when we have enough capacity we'll be able to brew some beers year round but as it is it's like the porter now then we'll have our our um cream ale um and then a, a red in the fall and one of the things i really like about this model too is that you know the beer is fresh you yeah. know if it if yeah, it's right. always rotating through and they have something that they only brewed six months ago and it's still around and you know that the the retailer is necessarily rotating it yeah that's a good point as they should I, I like the idea for just brand um, impact on the consumer. Yeah, because the labels are always different. You're you're never just glossing by. Oh yeah, I know that brewery. You know this bottle shop has their standards. They always have X Y Z. I'm just looking for something else. It, it, want it, something but now new. you really read it because yeah, it makes you focus on the on their logo yeah. and go. Oh, is this a new beer? What you know? Yeah, you actually engage with the brand a lot more. I like that too. Yeah. And speaking on the freshness, I just want to put this out real quick because I screwed it up recently. I went for one of my favorite beers that I buy a ton of all the time, Keystone. and my local place had a keg of it, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And I didn't think twice. I took the keg, I brought it home, I tapped it. Tasted a little lackluster. I look at the tag on the keg, and it had been sitting at my retailer for several months. Several months. And it was one of my favorite hoppy beers. And so... I, I, this is kind of to the point that JP's making, too, that both of you are making. I went for the brand. I went for the logo. I love this beer. Mm-hmm. But I sort of forgot to look at the born-on date. Yeah. Just because I love the beer. It's going to be fine. It's not always fine. And so with Rubens, now I'm, you know, I look at his logo, and you're right. If It's pretty much guaranteed to be a new beer. Exactly. I like that. Uh, a yeah. question for you about uh, recipe, Adam, uh, recipe development. Yeah. Uh, in cha- taking your homebrew recipes to the pro level do you find you had to change things quite a bit to get them to scale or was it pretty linear there's um there's a little bit of science and a little bit of art you know um so uh, hot pie summarization i didn't there's really no way of knowing how the difference between like a five barrel seven barrel batch and a and a 15 gallon batch so i made some estimates on that and i think we're 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 pretty close straight 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 uh, from the start um this the one thing that sort of frustrates me is when people talk about percentages of grain bills, you know, so like base is 70%, blah, blah, because that really does change significantly between your different brew house sizes. Um, so some grains do scale proportionately. So your specialty grains like uh, already converted grains like um, caramel or roast, you know, the specialty sort of malts, but your base grains are going to change um, depending on the efficiency of the brew house. So what what I do is I scale everything proportionally and then in in the brewing software then bring down uh change, obviously scale everything proportionally change the um your uh your brew house efficiency um to the to the bigger brew house mm-hmm. which is obviously more efficient uh, like ours is around 82% versus my old home brew system which is around 70 okay and then you can then bring down the base malts um which is fine for things like a a porter or an imperial IPA, something like that. But when you're looking at like a Roggen, Roggen beer, where you've got multiple base malts which all contribute flavour, um, like the rye, the rye malt, the the um, Munich and and your pills, that gets a little a little bit more tricky. Does that make Does that make sense? Yeah. See, it's that's very interesting. I, was, I had heard some people's opinion of 
the opposite at times that the specialty malts needed to be dialed down on a commercial scale and that the base malts you would get a similar percentage or it would scale in a more easier way from the the homebrew level it's interesting to hear your account of this being that the specialty malts because they're already converted the extract efficiency basically stayed the same is what you're saying yeah yeah because there's no conversion that will be impacted by the relative efficiencies of the two different brew houses what about the srm uh, contribution from the uh, special yeah, malts? The, yeah your your relative um your your the relative amount of like roast in a in a portable change um so your srm is different mm. that's where the sort of art comes in uh, um in, into the process it's not it's not just all science it's, yes. it's, right you know touchy feely stuff what size system is your your pro brewery so we um so I, I deliberately wanted to double batch into tanks because that would give us more being a smaller system it would give us more um margin for error so we can you know, counteract different um like original gravity of the first batch, if that comes in high, then we can go in lower on the second, you know, and vice versa. Um, we we do we got ten and twenty barrel fermenters, and we double batch fives into the ten and and four fives into the twenty. But we could we could squeeze seven out of the brew house, but we've never done that. Um, okay, yet. we're basically doing fives. I really like your explanation of, of that method. We've heard of people double batching before, and, and it's more because you can buy the bigger fermenters for cheaper than the, than the bigger brew system. But you really make an excellent point that if there's some blending involved between the two batches, that you could really correct a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And, and early on, it's a shot in the dark what efficiency your new system is going to get. You've okay. got no idea. Um, like, like when we first – so first of all, the, the first guy that installed our brew house, he um, – blew up the burner on us so it um he didn't set it he didn't install it correctly so it sort of melted itself from the inside did i do your install <laughs> yeah, that was, that was nice and then he and then he charged us and then he ran it was like well yeah <laughs> wow well he did the work come on <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's sort of funny so then then we got another burner <clears throat> and then we called up the the uh the manufacturer and said well what btu should we set it at and they said Two hundred fifty thousand, and then we the first batch we literally spent the whole sixty minutes just keeping it from overflowing. You know, you know, boil, boil over. It was it was far too vigorous, and mm. we ended up dialing it down to like one hundred ninety, so twenty percent less. But so that first batch, like all of the hop volatiles, had totally like oh, evaporated, right? Because you're burning it like crazy. <laughs> um, well, you should yeah, so. You got to you got to play with it at the start. Yeah, yeah. You would expect that first uh, brew to be uh, as everybody. I mean, most new breweries they they don't expect much out of that first brew. Sure, but even we, as an ongoing process, were you able to drink the know. beer at the end? Oh yeah, good question. <laughs> I mean, well, as well, um, it ends well. Yeah that that beer is one of our staples. Um, so I adjusted the recipe based off of that that loss of the volatiles. You know, I brought down the. <laughs> See, you had. To. The aroma. You couldn't repeat the process, so you had to adjust the recipe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when when the when the the boil was turned down, then we would, could replicate it. But um, yeah. two weeks after we opened, one of the local magazines called us because they wanted they they rated that beer the best local new lo- local brew in the city. So awesome. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, it, you yeah. know, I'm not surprised it was a perfect brew day. <laughs> it's something I've been working on for a long time in my head. It's, I just kind of yeah. came together. We yeah. figured right out of the shoot we'd been a winner, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. He has a good Adam has a good sense of, di- of <laughs> guiding the process as he goes along. You get that impression. A lot of homebrewers really struggle with that. I think. Do you, do you think that's something that was intuitive to you before you started production brewing? Yeah, I think. Um, I think if if you're comfortable with, I you know it is art and science, and if you're comfortable with the parameters that you got to play within from a sort of scientific guidelines sort of point of view and you're comfortable where you're going to play within those those parameters then you sort of you've got your your road sort of set you know and you can you can play either side of that and my old my old job in in finance was sort of like that where there were certain rules but then you had a lot of play within within that um so i I've, my sort of psyche is sort of set set like that so i think it does help i don't I, i'm not overly scientific but i know enough um I know there are a lot of people who know a lot more more of the science, but you got to appreciate it's an iterative process as well. Because you were never a production brewer before this, before the brewery that you opened. No, no, no. See, since I'm completely uncomfortable with both of the parameters that you have mentioned, <laughs> I, as a home brewer, I'm actually really liking this double. I can do the double batch thing. Like instead of me doing a, a ten gallon batch, I should be doing two five gallons, so that when I inevitably fuck up that first five gallons maybe i can fix it with the second like you're oh, shooting no. for, you're shooting for 1050 and you got 30 which happens all the time <laughs> to me <laughs> or vice one. versa and i'm actually, I'm, actually care being, the side. I'm being relatively serious i really do like the 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 this i can fix it along the way process you know it's pretty cool i might have to try i might have to give this a shot adam so you, i'll, I'll get back to you so you're gonna have to learn how to brew really is what <laughs> no no that's part of no, brewing. No, how this keep... is how i always take these things right. i'm always looking for the way that i can just stay just as shitty as i am not comfortable with the art or the science and figure out a way to make good beer anyway and i think adam's helping me do that <laughs> good luck it's <laughs> taking eight years yeah you're almost there yeah <laughs> well uh let's talk about this uh beer that's in our glass before we move on uh because it's running out quickly we're all enjoying it so much yeah uh what did you pour us oh this is the uh the robust porter and uh, adam you'll be happy to know that jp uh quickly blew through his first serving and then filled up a second and blew right through that and if you knew how infrequent that was for guest beers you'd be very happy yeah you would have sent more beer too yeah if my opinion mattered you would be happy as well (laughs) right so tell us about this beer so um this was one of the, the homebrew recipes that I scaled up for the for the commercial system, and it, I, I designed I designed the recipe to, to to style, you know, to the BJCP style guidelines. And um, the first three competitions it went in, it won gold in all three. So it's like, wow. right, we've got our porter set. We're not going to change that recipe. Yeah. Um, so the, with this um, sort of the the sort of tweaks to it, it's ten fifty six. So it's just got a clean American yeast on it. But um, the sort of things that's slightly unusual, so we use a, a British black malt, Baird's black. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to balance the caramel and the char with in, in this beer. You know, um, traditional porters, uh, caramel and char, and then stouts are uh, more um, sort of creaminess and, and the roast. Okay. So so we, with this, we got um, probably about 5% Baird's black, um, and then caramel... Um, Probably is about eleven percent in in the grain bill, and mostly of it most of it is C forty and a little bit of C eighty. See, that's that's one of the things that I like. I like not to be constrained by having a production efficiency needs, you know. So hmm. we, whenever we have caramel in, we have two different types of caramel. In in this one, in this beer, we have Marisotta and Gambrinus pale. 
Okay. So we split the base malts as well. And then there's some some Munich and uh, pale chocolate to sort of round out the roast. So pale chocolate is a Thomas Fawcett pale chocolate, which is about a 250 lover bond. Okay. And what's the Munich for? Again, to sort of help um, give some of that more malty sort of body. Um, We we mash pretty high, like 153, 154. Okay. Um, We brewed this beer today, actually, um, and we hit... Uh, 154 and 153 on the two batches, you know, so. Um, and then, you know, single infusion rest, uh, some baking soda to get the pH where we want it to be. Um, and then we add some uh, uh, gypsum calcium chloride just to get the water profile pretty neutral. It, uh, I think just cascade bittering and a 10-minute addition. It's interesting that you uh, go, well, you're in the Pacific Northwest, but it's still with the rest of the style you just described that you went with Pacific Northwest hops. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you do you get much of the Cascade in, in, in there? Yeah, I, oh, yeah. We, uh, no. Oh, the, the oh, flavor. Sorry. I thought you meant down here where we live. Uh, we get plenty. Uh, no, I, I don't, actually. It's pretty subtle, but it's there a little bit. It's yeah. just a, a little bit in the background, just to add some complexity. And Our dry stout has goldings. And I, I just think this adds a nice little twist. I think it works well. It works great. I guess I'm just surprised in general that you didn't go with an English hop. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> lots of our beers actually have uh, uh, like British malts, but then American hops. So okay. I don't know that I've even I, like the Goldings that we use is U- a U.S. Golding. So I don't think I, I've got any EKG in the brewery at all. Uh, you know, I don't think there's too much. Uh, Apart from a few British malts, there's not too much. And me, there's not much British in <laughs> Right. Well, they go together well. It's not a bad decision. I don't mean to say that. Uh, no. They actually go together quite nicely. You mentioned C40 and C80 as the crystal malts. A lot of people seem to favor the English versions of those, but by the numbers that you gave, it suggests you're using the American variations of crystal malts. Is that what you prefer? Yeah, um... I, if, if you've got something that works, I don't like necessarily changing it. So, right. uh, Brice Caramel, I, I really right. do like Brice Caramel for for the, the crystal malts. Um, and we haven't really moved. I haven't thought of moving away from that. And like uh, C120, Caramel 120 as well appears in some of the recipes. You're winning homebrew golds with them. Why mess with them? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they do have different flavor profiles, and people get very specific about saying, you know, we use English C55 or American Crystal 40 or something, so it's a very deliberate choice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I will try in in the... Uh, in a, a, a bitter, when we, when we do a bitter, I'll, I'll probably use, like, the British... Is it, like, C75? I think you... It's like the middle crystal or whatever. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll use that just to try and see how that works. But it's as much an experiment for me as it is anything else. You mentioned the use of baking soda and, and uh, gypsum and calcium chloride as well. Are you building your water from RO or are you changing what you get from the city? Yeah. So, so um, you know, the city gives you a report every six months of what is in the water profile. But I didn't trust that. So I got our water analyzed off of the tap just to make sure. Mm. And and it was spot on. It was very little difference. It's um, really the only thing our water up here has got is chlorine in it. So we have a carbon filter in line to take out the chlorine. Um, so you're really 
virtually starting from scratch. It's not RO, but it's pretty close um, to, to not having too much in, in there. So, and I, I generally try and keep a pretty neutral water profile on, on our beers. I don't put tons of gypsum in an IPA, you know. Um, I don't think, I, don't, I think you should let the hops do the work rather than the water profile, you know. Okay. I got to take us to a quick break, Adam. Sure. But then we've got more of your beer to try, which I think everybody's looking forward to. Yes. Good. <laughs> Adam Robbings from Rubens Brews is on the line with us. JP's in the chat room. You can get your questions over to me. I've got a couple in front of me already. Or you can call 888-401-BEER, however you want to do it. Uh, we're going to talk more with Adam Robbings from Rubens Brews. When we come back, go check out rubensbrews.com if you want to look over the beer list, too. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want need and want the best, you want needs from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. 
If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract. So you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. What's funny is, Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer. (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Thanks for sticking around. Real quick, as we're talking to Adam from Rubens Brews, if you uh, are listening to some of his recipe formulations and techniques and you need a place to go put that all together in one place, you can head over to Beersmith.com right now and get a free 21-day trial of the Beersmith homebrewing software. It works both on your PC and your Mac. Uh, There is a mobile app that will work on your iPad and your phone. You can create recipes there. You can share recipes, thousands upon thousands of recipes over on Beersmith.com. We all use it here. And you don't really have to take our word for it because Brad over there at Beersmith gives you the free 21-day trial to check it out yourself. If you don't like it, no big deal. But you don't have to calculate by hand. You can design fantastic beers, uh, brew with confidence by using the Beersmith home brewing software. Go check it out right now. 
In the meantime, Adam Robbings from Rubens Brews is on the line with us. You can go check out the uh, beer descriptions and the brewery by going to RubensBrews.com or, you know, go visit them in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Adam, I wanted to know a little bit about this neighborhood you're in because uh, I'm told that it, you have like 10 other breweries just in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So, Ballard, um, so it's uh, the north, sort of west part of Seattle neighborhood. Um, so, originally, probably like five years ago um maritime and and hales were the two breweries in the area um oh i've been to hales so i know the neighborhood yeah yeah okay. and um red hook originally you know the very first red hook brewery was uh in ballad as well um so and when we opened we were the sixth brewery i think in in ballad and, and now there's 10 wow um, yeah so it's uh what is it's pretty cool in the summer because you, you get a lot of people doing walking tours. Like literally there is a brewery a block away from us and then another brewery two blocks away from them. So like it's a pretty high density for. Yeah. And, and we have a nice ecosystem. Like uh, we ran out of um, uh, some sanitizer. So we borrowed some from our neighbor. They ran out of, or they, their yeast order wasn't coming in for another day. So they, they took some of our, our, our yeast and we, we sort of help each other with hops. And it's a nice, it helps us out on our side as well as, I think it brings people to the area. There's more to see and, and sure. lots of people visiting. Is there a saturation point? I mean, are you, at one point, are you just taken away from each other? Uh, you know, can- we, haven't, we haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know when that would be. I, there's more and more people coming. So, like, in the summer, there are these um, bikes that, um, I've forgotten what they're called, but, like, they have 15 people sit on it. It's like a bar. Oh, like, yeah. I know what you're talking they're about. Pedal, pedal they're, pub. They're yeah. pretty awesome, actually. Okay. They're pretty cool. Yeah. And, and they, um, we can get three or four of those come by us a, a day. Nice. Um, going to all these different different pubs, and there's two or three of them operating now in the area. And then um, we're getting a lot of benefits from having a, a, a lot of good breweries close together. Yeah. I would do that in Martinez, except you'd have to wear flak jackets on the on the bike. <laughs> and also, there's only one brewery. So you would yeah. just keep going around the block and landing back at Creek Monkey. Which is fine, because all the armor plating, you couldn't really go very far. <laughs> you know, you couldn't exercise that A lot that of hard much. pedaling, for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a great neighborhood you have over there. Yeah, yeah, it is. We're, we're very proud to be part of that. It's um, it's a good time to be a brewery in, in, in Ballard, for sure. Okay. How, what, what do you think the cap is for that neighborhood? Well, that's what I was like, asking. What's the saturation oh, okay. point? Yeah, and he's not yeah. sure. <clears throat> well, um, there's, there's not many locations available anymore, I don't think. <laughs> we, we've been at capacity since last, uh, well, to be honest, since last February. Then we got a 20-barrel in, and then we've been literally whenever a tank's free, we're filling it um, since about last June. So we, we've been looking. Uh, we have two off-site storage units literally like a mile two miles away from the brewery that we store our kegs in the the empties and stuff like that okay um, so we need more more space but there's nothing around at all wow you don't even have space to store kegs it's just no. you guys are full up yeah it's a it's a small space um and uh it's only 1500 square feet and we're gonna brew probably we're on a run rate of around 800 barrels a year that's where we're at now okay and we have the tasting room within that 1500 square feet so when we designed it we wanted people to be in the brewery not like through a window like looking at a brewery through a window or door or something yeah and and so we move benches in front of the fermenters to sort of block them off when we've got a tasting room and then we move them out the way when we're brewing okay literally the brewer's platform folds up 
um, when we're um, open as a tasting room, then we fold it down <laughs> when we're when we're brewing because you won't be able to get through to the restroom otherwise. You know, <laughs> in the way, going to take your head off. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Instead of vision of people uh, pissing in the floor drains or something. <laughs> I like that. I it's one less of a to once. He, yeah, there was oh, really? there was a line, and this guy was complaining about like like really uh, complaining that the why is the line so long? And there was two people in front of him, nothing. Right. But he was wearing like light khaki pants. Oh no! And, and we realized he, had, I think he had pissed himself. Oh it's, no! <laughs> not good. Get in line sooner, you drunken no, idiot! I get you wear a diaper. <laughs> I mean, come on, rookie. He's obviously going to pee. Uh, don't mind me. I'll pee in your floor drain. Yes. Wow. I'm more proud. <laughs> I do like that it's less of a of a tasting room. I mean, it sounds like it's a tasting room, but it's 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 a brewery. Your tasting room is the brewery itself. I'm I'm right in there with you. Yeah, I like that. So. That's a good model. Fifteen hundred square feet. That's that's a small model. Yeah, really <laughs> small. But now, so let me back up just a second to ask about that. So you come over here with a job in two thousand four, yeah. and and then you you meet your your bride to be and you, you get into beer and the whole thing at one point when you're doing all that homebrewing and winning the awards and subsequently planning Ruben's brews have you lost your job like they wanted you to move back to the UK or are you working all the way up until you open the brewery so um, I got my green card through work in 2006 so, so they were never going to pull me back or throw me out okay but um, I carried on working um, so we signed the lease in November 2011, and we the reason we went for that size was because if it didn't work out, we could carry on paying the lease, and I could carry on working. You know, we wouldn't lose the house. It was sort of like a yeah, and a sort of a risk risk aversion. Sure, yeah. It was like a, a proof of concept, and um, we uh, so I carried on working through until April. Uh, 2013. So I, I carried on working for about a year, well, a year and a half into having the lease. Um, so I was like at night working on the build out all the time. And then when we opened, I would take vacation days to do brew days with my brother-in-law. Um, and we brewed the first 50 batches together and I was training him. And then since then, he's he's really taken it, taken it up magnificently and um oh, is a big reason of why we're, we're doing so well that's um, cool your brother-in-law worked out oh, that's that's awesome. right. yeah that never happens that never happens <laughs> that's fantastic you sure just looking at it through rose-colored glasses <laughs> right he may not have the same views <laughs> yeah yeah he's like boy that brother-in-law of mine sure sucks <laughs> probably quitting right now <laughs> uh, okay yeah, yeah so so i was working until april and then um when we started bottling i i, I quit the day job because I knew when when we when we started bottling, it was going to be too much logistics to keep keep both roles. Okay. When you go back to the UK now, does it feel like you're going home, or does the US feel like you're home now? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm sort of mid mid Atlantic. So, like when I'm here, I sound different, and you know, some people can't understand me. I, I you can go to Starbucks, and somebody's asked me what is my native language. <laughs> <laughs> Did that really happen? That's just Starbucks. Uh, that that did. I love that story. Oh, that's fantastic. And when I go home, I, I say the wrong words. So like I would say store instead of shop or right. instead of nappy. And so I don't fit in there anymore. So I'm sort of midway in a boat <laughs> somewhere. Wait, what was the second example? Nappy. Diaper instead of nappy. Oh, I see. Yeah. So when you say store in England, do they really go, I don't understand? <laughs> 
Because like you say shop, that and I go sounds like a dick move. Yeah, and I go yeah, we're going to the shops. I get it. That's fine. But <laughs> you mean, I'm, I'm fluent in two languages. Apparently, you, you don't go huh? The what? The shop? Right. Yeah. I, well, maybe it's just an excuse to give me grief, you know? I, don't know. I think so. Definitely. Oh, we're going to go to the high street. What, are we going to get stoned? I don't understand. Kate the Great, uh, my girlfriend's uh, British, and she has the same issue, but it's as simple as ordering water. Like, if she orders water, <laughs> yeah. they look at they're like, what's that? We're not a full bar here. <laughs> and, and, and it often happens that she tries to repeat herself a couple times until finally she puts on her valley girl accent and goes, I would like a glass of water. Just give oh. me, and then they go, oh, water. Yeah. And, and There's a it, D in water, you know? But she still, it's the principle of the thing. She doesn't want to be treated like, like you were treated, like her, like this is not her native, like what is your native language? So she'll say water. You yeah. know, like, Throw the Valley Girls under the bus. She'll do it three times before finally she'll give in and go, you fucking asshole. Water. I want water. <laughs> I, yeah, I try twice, and then I normally ask my wife to ask. <laughs> yeah, you have to pass the buck at that point. <laughs> Well, but if a, if a valley girl goes to England and asks for a water, do they go, huh? <laughs> yes. Just like they don't know where the store is. <laughs> the what? <laughs> uh, all right. What is the beer we have in our glass now, Scott? This uh, very generously uh, of Adam is the Imperial Stout, uh, aged in bourbon barrels. It's got a nice uh, gold wax seal on it. And the bottle is numbered. Uh, how many did you make, Adam? Yeah, I think 442. We have three, four, five. Oh, nice. That's extremely limited edition then, isn't it? Yeah, so when we, uh, I think we brewed it in October, just after we opened in August, and um, we, I, I got a couple of barrels. I um, when you only have a few, when you're buying a few barrels, it's sort of hard to get any of the brokers to return your calls. So uh, I put a posting on on the beat, uh, the Brewers Association um, sort of forum, and Alan from Hair of the Dog responded and said, "Yeah, I've got a couple of spare. Come down." And pick them up. So I um, got a couple of Heaven Hills, fifteen-year-old uh, bourbon barrels from nice. him. Okay. And we put this beer in, let it let it age, um, and we released it uh, last October. So it was a year old when we released it. I tell you, it seems like Heaven Hill is like the go-to yeah. bourbon barrel for it's craft the magic beer. Barrel. It's everywhere. And you know, he just get hair of the dog is another very prestigious example, in my opinion, of barrel of great barrel aged beer. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're, I was really lucky and, and, um, this year I, I needed a, a few more. I, um, cause I want to obviously rebrew it again. It, we sold out in an hour. We, wow. Oh, yeah. We, we poured it at a festival in the summer, just at one keg. Okay. And then we poured it on a couple of events at the brewery and, um, we, so, it, and it took me a long time to get the label designed and get the logistics sorted. And I was not in a rush because I think thought the beer was only going to get better anyway. So, um, when we did release it in October, people had had it in, in festivals and stuff. And literally, there was a line around the block. And we opened uh, the doors at, at, at noon. We reduced the ma- the maximum from four to two bottles per person. Mm-hmm. And I still had people outside that I had to go and apologize to because wow. I, we sold out. It was, um, and so this is not through promotion. This is through word of mouth from the couple of times you've poured it previously. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Adam, I, I heard that you not only just apologized to people, but you went down the line shaking hands and apologizing directly instead of just making an announcement. Is that true? Yeah. I, we had people literally outside the door and down the side. So I went outside and just I just felt really bad, you know. It's like, yeah, you've come here and you waited in the line, and um, you're not. What we did as well, and um, uh, 
was actually have it on tap, a keg on tap as well. So the people in the line, even though they weren't going to get a bottle, they could at least try it still. You know, so wow, what a softy, Adam. That's pretty nice. Did anybody uh, react badly? <laughs> I didn't get headbutted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boy, <it's> Seattle. <laughs> I get maybe, maybe you would have had Wrong you man. not had it on tap for them. Hey, look, <laughs> nobody in Manchester. Nobody pissed in his floor drains. If that's what you mean, <laughs> you know, right? Must not be that day. Not that day. <laughs> <laughs> that's very nice of you, actually. And what? That's a pretty good solution too. To say, look, we've got it on tap. We can get you a taste. You know, that, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So, so what we did with this beer is. Um, you know, the, um, the 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 version that you're drinking there is is the first uh, batch out of the barrel, okay. which then that batch I sent to White Labs to get um, uh, uh, to make sure there's no critters in there, basically. Okay, and and then the second, then we re put more of the beer back into the barrel, and that that batch I didn't have tested, so those are the the ones that we put um, on tap. So I was comfortable what was going in a bottle wouldn't wouldn't be infected. I didn't. Um, you know, there's always a risk. So, so when I when I went to down the hair of the dog, I was asking, I asked Alan, do, do you rinse? Do you rinse the barrels? Because it seems counterintuitive to me. Because if you rinse them, aren't you going to rinse out the goodness that you want in the beer? And he said, no, he just just fills them. Um, so, you know that he does not rinse them either. Yeah, he doesn't okay. rinse them. Okay, yeah. all right. So, and because of that, I wanted to get it get it you know tested in a lab just to make sure but it you know it was it came out clean and we got the green light so then this year i, I got four four 30 year old barrels from um alan he had left over so um i'm looking forward to rebrewing that beer and getting them getting it aging again yeah i, I want to talk about this base beer in a second but i do want to point out that i i like your philosophy of sending it into getting tested and we've talked on this show about how one of the last things that brewer, small breweries spend money on is a lab and being able to test the beer themselves and make sure it's not contaminated and things like that. But there are technologies available, like White Labs offers a QC testing all the time, and it's so it's not that much. It's so affordable, and and I do think that brewers still skip that that step, going well, it's it's going to be fine, and and it's not part of our program. But you. You don't have your own lab, so you sent it off to a very qualified one to do it for you. I really like your thought process. You send the whole barrel to them? No, no, you uh, just have to send a sample. Uh, if, if It's coming out of the barrel. So whatever that oh, barrel is doing oh, is doing to whatever sample you send. And it's such an easy thing to do. You're outsourcing your lab to a highly qualified lab. And then it comes back, and now Adam, like he mentioned is certain that the beer is as yeah. pure as he wants it. He can sleep at night. He sent out like 400 cases of beer that he doesn't know if it's going to... Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that he wanted to add more to that barrel, and, yeah. but, but you don't want to do that if it's... if, it's if a bad batch. Yeah. So I just... I, I commend you on, on thinking outside the box. Well, I don't have a lab, but I've got a lab available to me. I'll just send in a sample. How long does it have to sit in the barrel before you can uh, test it? Um, we... So I was... Um, I gave it... Four months, then then tried it, um, and then it, that that beer in the end had like uh, six months, I think, in the barrel, and then six months out of the barrel. Okay, um, the beer that you're drinking there. Um, the other good thing about the, the the lab analysis is that it tells you the IBUs, so then you can you know your isomerization estimates are correct or not. Nice, yeah. Um, so it, you can feed it back into your recipe um, process as well. Yeah. So tell me about the base beer that went into the barrel. Yeah, so um, that one literally we <laughs> we designed this this recipe based off of the size of the mash tun. So we basically filled it 
and um, then we we only got four barrels a batch out of this this beer. So um, it's essentially uh, I, I try to restrain some of the roast in there. So like it's not like a Russian Imperial Stout where you get that big sort of roasty up front. It's uses a, a lot more um, debittered black malt in there. Some roast barley um, and about six percent oats. Give it that sort of smooth, creamy sort of mouthfeel with an Irish yeast on it. Um, white yeast Irish ale. Um, the OG on it was, we had a, had a two hour boil to get the OG up to where we wanted it, which was, it ended up around, off the top of my head around 1092, I think. Was that the plan? The two hour it, boil? Uh, we, we ideally wanted to get a little higher than that and, and less ABV from the barrel. Um, but we got, we got, I ideally wanted it 1096 and it came out 1092. Okay. Um, but we got more ABV from the barrel. So we net net was equivalent. And, and that's how we can say it's exactly 11.9% because it's been tested. Right. Um, I guess I ask if that was the plan because I'm thinking about hop additions for a two hour boil. Did you wait the first hour to add your bittering hops? Yes. You did? Yeah. Okay. I, I did, yeah. Um, and we, we were trying to get up to 60, 60 IBUs, but because you're drinking a beer now that, you know, is. You know, well over a year year old, those IBUs are softened out, and I think the barrel helps soften it as well. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. Um, and I, I was trying to get it so that it's a beer and a barrel, and so so you get the bourbon, you get the vanilla, you get the oak, but you get a beer in there as well. Yeah, and you're, you're not overdosing on bourbon. Good you know? call on that. You know, it has a lot of flavors of some of the <laughs> best, really old beers I've had, but without the bullshitty ones that you have to deal with. What do you mean? Well, like, I really like musty flavors in an aged beer, but let's be honest, if it's a 10-year-old J.W. Lee or whatever, even though I like those musty flavors, it's too much. Yeah, you're usually getting yeah. too much sherry along with it or something like that. Too much sherry, too much prune, any of these things that are, that are, they're nice, but when it's really that old, it's too much. This has, I can tell it's an aged beer, but without all of the over-the-top aged flavors. It's really well done. It's right. I would say it's in its prime, in my opinion. The restrained roast is a really nice twist. It may, really sets it apart from a lot of the other aged imperial stouts. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is good. Now, so six months then in the barrel that that base beer goes into, any dry hopping happen in the barrel or anything like that? No, no. Okay. Um, so we didn't rinse it at all, the barrel. So when, when we put the beer in, you could see all the char floating in there, literally like the charcoal yeah. uh, from the inside of the barrel. So we were... After like four months, I would I would just taste it to make when I got the balance of the flavors coming through, mm-hmm. I could I could taste everything. That's when I pulled it out, you know. So, um, but we we still had some in kegs. So if I had left it in there a bit too too long and it got sort of overpowered by bourbon, then I was fully expecting that I might have to use some of those kegs to sort of back, uh, you know, blend it back. Really? I, yeah. But I didn't need to. I, I think it's nice to give yourself escape clauses, you know, escape clauses all the time. Sure. No, I really Smart like that guy. philosophy. That's what you should do. Yeah. yeah. So that so six months in the barrel, and then it sits for another six in stainless. Yes. Okay. And just in kegs at that point, or in a big bright tank, or what? In kegs. In kegs. And are those in a temperature controlled environment, or do you just let it ride? No, those are in our cooler. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Thirty-eight, forty degrees. Yeah. That, so does that just kind of halt all processes at that temperature then? I don't it think so. It slows them all down. There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah it slows them down. It doesn't halt them. Otherwise, go ahead and sell the beer at that point. 
but it definitely it controls it. It slows them down. Some clarity, give it, you know, it'll, it'll set a lot and everything. And I think some of these flavors that we're talking about that are not present, too much sherry or, or mustiness or anything like that, was kept at bay because of that. You know, temperature controlled in stainless for another six months. And those things would appear if you left it there long enough, even at thirty-eight degrees. I'm not the guy to answer that, but I think yes, long enough, yes, but yeah. it, probably well. I mean, outside reason, like years and years. Yeah. I mean, some of the really well-aged beers that I'm talking about are literally like ten, fifteen-year-old barley wines, like J.W. Lee's right. and some of these others that that I just happened to. Someone was opening one, and I got to put my glass under it, and I loved some of these characteristics. But you're dealing with a bunch of shitty characteristics at the same time. No, you know, as a home brewer, if I get a, if I make a strong beer that would typically be aged, and it's in stainless, I I'll usually leave it at cellar temperature. I don't, uh, I don't refrigerate it intentionally to uh, make it get older sooner. Like get, you know, get its, yeah, get its what it's typically going to taste like down the road. Yeah, then drink it. I think you treated this one well, and then so then you bottled it from these kegs for for the sale that you described the day that the whole yeah. world showed up. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the um sort of delays was um uh, we hadn't we hadn't um bottled a beer that wasn't just straight out of a fermenter with um with just you know just a standard malt hops beer so when you're playing with other recipe ingredients i don't know spices or in this case the barrel you have to go through a different process at the ttb and um they have to approve your recipe and so, like, one of the questions was, was the barrel wet? You know, so are you adding bourbon in, you know? Ah. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't wet, no, so no. we we got got through it. But it was, um, the, 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 that process alone took another month for them to get back to me. So it's, it takes a long time. Now, did you, uh, excuse me, are these bottle conditioned or did you carbonate when you put them in stainless? We carbonated when they went in stainless. Got it. I think that's a smart decision, too. I know everyone wants to say, oh, be pure and, and whatever. Uh, you had control over it. You could just do it. It was going to be sitting there and stainless anyway. Do it that way. Predictable results. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know we can get to 1.9 volumes. I know what that's 1.9 volumes CO2. And um, I haven't got a, a, a warm room, you know, so I can't guarantee the carbonation if I don't, if I don't force carbonate. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you can't leave it at that low cellar temp, can you? you got to warm it up a bit. So. Now, what do you? So you're doing this again. You've got some more barrels. Uh, what are you going to do about the capacity issue uh, next batch around with that with that line of people? Yeah, so we got we got um, we so we got four four barrels this this time. So it's not much of an increase, but uh, yeah. So we, we we're going to basically put more of it in in barrels. I've also got some small Woodenville whiskey barrels that we can play with. So um, we just brewed an Imperial Porter, so I can play with that and i want to uh, do a rye wine and put them in some rye whiskey barrels so we can play with these uh, little barrels so we got um i don't know there's there's four uh, we got four of those as well but really um we're so constrained with with space and with with volume that we um we need to find a, a bigger space but we're not going to move out of out of ballot you know so that sort of gives us a little catch 22 sure why don't you open a uh, like a barrel room where you uh, <clears throat> move Ward over there to uh, do its thing just in barrels? That that would be great, but we still can't make the beer to put in the barrels. That's uh, mm-hmm. oh, because you're at maximum production now. Yeah, but then you're at maximum fermenter production. What if you you know just did a quick ferment in, in stainless and moved it over to barrels really quick? 
when whenever when we've got a tank free, we need to brew into it um, uh, just for our ongoing sort of right. Sure, like, for the yeah. just to serve right that tasting room. And yeah, the accounts yeah. we've already got. Not yeah. to mention your what fifty or sixty accounts too. Yeah, yeah. So we're sort of. Um, there's a lot of things that we'd like to do. It's like like the Imperial Portal we managed to do just because uh, the way the timing worked out over the holidays. We managed to squeeze it in, and we're doing a triple IPA next week. So um, I, I've spoken to a few people, a few other uh, breweries, and, and, you know, without Russian River isn't isn't distributed up here anymore, so we, we don't get the Pliny, um, the younger, anymore. So Sorry about that. <laughs> we, get, we get more now. Yeah. So... And there was a few of us interested, so what I thought I'd do, I reached out, and uh, we've got 12 breweries now, all brewing triple IPAs, and I've arranged five different locations that we're going to pour them at. So we're going to have like a triple IPA roadshow, we're calling it. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. So we're, we're, we're brewing ours next week, uh, 10.5% with uh, three dry hops and um, a, a basically hop bursting, you know, 10 minutes and in. Hmm. So yeah, so it, awesome. it'll be it'll be fun. So like, um, you know, I, I, and it's literally just from speaking to other breweries that we managed to get a dozen, um, and then hopefully next year it will take off and we'll we'll have a few more. That's Very a good nice. way around. Oh, that's it. quite a few. Do you guys do you guys get uh, Heretic up there? No, no. I don't think it's distributed up there. Okay, too bad because they're going to have one uh, <coughs> probably in time for your event, but you don't get distribution. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now we um so th- those like Elysian is going to be be part of it um you know, ourselves and another couple local breweries um in Ballard as well so I think there's three Ballard br- breweries um and then there's isn't um Georgetown you know so it, we I think it ranges from Georgetown the biggest to uh, Populux is the smallest brewery which is a one and a half um, barrel nano to to Georgetown which is I think they do about fifty thousand barrels so. We got a nice mix of different size breweries, um, and uh, yeah, it, it, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be it'll be fun. Excellent. We've got another beer in front of us, uh, which I'd like to talk about. I also have a couple questions from the chat, so why don't I do that real quick so we can make sure our listeners get their questions answered? Uh, Riley had written in uh, toward the beginning of the interview that he he wanted to know how you recommend mashing uh, your specialty malts. Uh, and he gives an example. One of our uh, famous homebrew guys who, who does the show with us every now and then, Gordon Strong, he likes to steep his specialty malts in his homebrew, as an example, to decrease the bitterness. So he's just wondering if there's any special treatment on your end for specialty malts. Yeah, we don't we don't do anything different uh, outside. Um, what I do do, though, is always put in uh, the base malt first and, and leave the specialty till last and then only add the water addition when we're adding in the specialty malts. So um, that sort of comes back from when we're brewing with a lot of rye and flake rye, and you can get a lot of stuck mashes. So we try and leave everything that's not a base malt until until the end, and that's when I add the water addition to to get the pH where I, I want it to be. So does that mean that the specialty malts just sit on top of the base malt grain bed, or is it still all being mixed together? We we um. We'll, it's essentially staying at the top. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll mix it in, but not vigorously. So we'll try and keep it at the top with the with the uh, the water addition. Sure. So mostly it's kind of the recirculation that that or the sparging for that matter that gets it all down in there. Not, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good technique. We talked about that before on the homebrew side, where Doc likes to add, if he's using like black malt or really yeah. roasted malt, it only gets put on top of a mash 
at the end, right? I like to do that sort of thing, too. too. You can really limit the impact of it that way if you don't want a really acrid, roasty sort of thing. Sure. Couldn't you just use less? Or did, you know, for the Well, to- not if you're talking... For, there's two things at play. Some of it is color. Exactly. So to get the right amount of color, you can't use less. Uh. If you are talking about some of the flavors, then that might be true, right? You could use less to get less of those acrid flavors, but then you're sacrificing SRM. There's grain choices, too. I mean, like you taste this imperial stout that we have here, and it it has a low roast, big chocolate, licorice type of quality, and gives you the impression that very low amounts of roasted barley were used. You could take that sort of route, too, and use chocolate malts and things like that to sort of dial in a color. So, it's a good question, though, yeah, because because there are also other flavors that you do want contributed. So if you were to reduce it, you're reducing those as well. Um, and colors as well. I mean, if you yeah. do want the color, you're not going to get it if you use top mash. Yeah. All right, another one came through. You had to expect this one being a U.K. guy. It's going to be about camera, Adam. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Spider Wrangler in our chat room, he wrote in. Uh, he's wondering just your take on the U.S. versus the U.K. beer scene. Um, you know, I, you know, you mentioned when you left there, there wasn't much of a craft beer scene, but maybe how it is now. And then the, the following uh, question is, uh, what is the impact that you think camera has had on that UK beer scene? Yeah. So on the, the, the beer scene there, there now is awesome. We went back in November and, um, I, I was lucky enough to go and have a look around Camden brewing and they're doing an amazing job. They, they, their, their flagship is a Hellas lager. Really, nice. really, really nice location. It's under a uh, railway line, so it's in the sort of arches of a railway. So you have to go through. Do you, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like a, a brick arches underneath a railway line, like a railway bridge. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's excellent. They're like tasting room is in one of them. Some of their fermenters is in the next one down. <laughs> it's literally. It's have a look at it online. It's pretty amazing how they've set that up. Okay, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and then Windsor and Eaton as well. Um, and Windsor and Eaton uh, is a traditional cask brewery, whereas Camden is more, is more of a lager brewery. So um, when I went to Windsor and Eaton, they had a, a temperature-controlled uh, tasting room. Like, you go into this, like, little room where they have it set at 55-degree cellar temp, and they had, like, CO2, like, blankets on all of the kegs. So it's for people to come in and just taste them. Uh, it, was, it was sort of interesting to see that because I've never seen seen that um, in like real you know real life. Yeah. Um, as, as for as for for camera, I'm glad that I'm not held to their their rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I, I, uh, we we here we have a uh, Washington uh, cask fest in March, and one of our most popular casks is. Um, the Imperial Rye IPA, which you're going to try now, which we dry hop with a lot of citra in the cask and in cask condition. Um, so it's a very un-British cask beer, but it's uh, definitely one of our most popular. It's always an interesting thing for me to talk about camera with, with people because it's such a mixed response. It, you know, in, in some ways, I mean, camera's really there to, to do good for beer. Their 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 goal is to is to protect real ale. But you'd get such mixed reviews sometimes. On, on, on certain parts of their policies really do that. But then that there are others that really hinder not only progress, as you might imagine, but even some real ales that are, are trying to do well too, or real yeah. ale beer bars that are trying to do well if they didn't. It, it, I, I'm sometimes reminded of, of you talking about review sites, JP, and how those can impact certain breweries. You know, and the wrong, the wrong reviewer 
with the best intentions can really fuck up a good brewery. Absolutely. Or at least <laughs> yeah. at least at least uh, turn away people who might enjoy their beers based on their exactly. you know, reviews that don't mean anything. And so I, I'm always left with the impression of the, the same thing that the wrong camera person could really screw up an otherwise good uh, well intentioned or, or good brewery or good beer experience. Then there's then there's vice versa where they really do well for for beer if people are trying to pass real ale that's not real ale. Yeah. Anyway, I just Adam, I'm just saying that the, the the answers are so diverse. I'm always interested in hearing them. I think it, they they're, they're definitely the right thing and needed in in the UK. You know, because literally when when I left the, the big um, the big breweries were still ruling the roost. You yeah, know? yeah. But but here the great thing about the, the US is that we can brew whatever we want. You know, we're not pigeonholed into whether it's a, you know, advised by camera guidelines or whatever. Right. Um, this beer is good for itself, you know, that, and that's really what it should be, you know. But um, in the UK, to get to that point, um, I think they needed they needed a push, you know. Sure. Um, but we, we don't do too much cast. We sort of play with, play with casks. Um, but... Uh, um, it's it's more more for fun. We when we like we put a Randall in um, last week that we we can now change every week and um, that'll be fun. Um, right to play with. <clears throat> yeah, they're just casks are just a pain in the ass anyway. I mean, you yeah. know, I get it. It's fun, and I've and by, I've had some really awesome cask beer. But on the whole, what a pain in the ass. If you had any really good hoppy cask beers, I don't think. Cask and hoppy beers, not West Coast hoppy beers. West Coast hoppy beers, they don't mix. Not those, no, but I, I no. you know, you've heard me rave about they the, be the, the the fresh hoppy ones I've had in in the UK. If when done, then yes, because they're multi beers and it's fr- yeah, and they're fresh and they're, I'm getting the dry hop character. But other than that, like the ones that when we have like a cask, whenever there's cask night in the US, you know, someone's having cask night. I'll be, I'm going to be honest right now. I kind of avoid it like the plague. Well, <laughs> it's because rarely good. Usually, it's they just have a keg of beer sitting on the counter. No, then they just they rack off into a smaller keg oh, and I they see. call that a cask. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a cask. And it's not. It's not with proper stillage. And no, yeah, already fermented it's, when they. Uh, it's put flat it in. beer. Yeah. I really do avoid it. Like, oh, cask ale festival. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I, gotta, you should. I have to wash my hair that day. That that's <laughs> why camera is good for for you know for the UK yes, and stuff like yeah. that. It's if you want to call it something. Then let's define it and let's stick with it. Where you know, you know, you're getting in the, the term IPA is getting overblown. You're, you're, it doesn't mean anything anymore. You're talking session IPA. What, what does that mean? Black yeah. IPA. What does that mean? Quad IPA. You're, you're, you're using this term that doesn't mean anything. You're distilling the actual language. I see. You. They're really protecting an actual style, and I like that about that. And they yeah. know what they're doing, and their styles are, you know, lend itself to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Camera just got some positive words from us. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> our, our most popular cask is the Imperial Rye IPA with um, Citra uh, dry hop. Oh, I could see that. That's what we're drinking now, the Imperial Rye IPA. Oh, I cool. could definitely see that. Is this one dry hop with Citra as well? Yeah, that was a lot of Citra and Amarillo. That's probably why I can mm. see that. <laughs> is, is, it a, is it available at the store or only at the shop? Um, so, so That's just me fucking with you, Adam. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't answer that. <laughs> He didn't understand you. Your accent was too American. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Now I'm the one with, the, with the, what is my native language. Adam, I like to apologize. Sometimes Justin slips from English into American, and so he doesn't better, know. Better than me. Right. <laughs> right. I, I love having this uh, this IPA next to the, the barrel-aged beer mm-hmm. because I take like two sips of the IPA, and I want something that's more like this barrel-aged beer, and then I take two sips of that, and I want the hoppy, dry 
it's a beautiful thing, this pairing. Yeah. We, so we have, what is it? It's the Imperial IPA in our glass. Yeah, now. it's a rye IPA. Oh, Imperial rye IPA. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about this beer, Adam, before we go? Yeah, this was the first beer that we ever brewed as a commercial brewery. So it's um, it's uh, 20% rye malt and 6% flaked rye. Um, comes out at 8.4%. Uh, first wart hop edition, a Columbus, which you can definitely get. And we boost up the IBUs with Magnum, get it to about 80 IBUs. Um, and then really 20 minutes and, and in is all predominantly Amarillo and Citra. And do you calculate for IBUs in that in that first wort hop? Or did you say mash or first wort? First wort hop. Okay. It, it smells you... amazing when you're brewing it, I have to say. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we do. Essentially, it's equivalent. As soon as we hit the the boil, then we put in a magnum addition just to get the IBUs where we want them to be. Um, and essentially, so the the first wort hop addition is also a 60-minute um, boil. Okay. Got it. What do you think of this one, Casey? A nice Imperial IPA It's very nice. It's very clean. Uh, I, kudos to your bottler. He uh, yeah. did a great job, whoever you're using. Uh, yeah, I like the balance in it. Uh, very West Coast. Hop forward. Uh, yeah, big fan of this beer. I can't tell if the rye is subtle or the hops are dominant. Uh, it's the spiciness <laughs> of the hops. Uh, yeah, they go together. There's rye there for sure, though. Yeah, you can taste that. Now you can pick it out right away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it gives the Columbus you- really does work well with uh, the rye. I hear you. Changing the mouthfeel of the beer a little bit, too, I feel like. Having the rye there is a protein-type quality. Yeah, I think it helps give it a, a maltier backbone that, so we can hop it pretty pretty heavily on top. Um, one idea I'd had, and we, we, we brewed it, um, is taking a Belgian yeast onto a similar wort as this and bringing up the Amarillo and pushing down the, the Citra. So you end up with a Belgian sort of Imperial Rye IPA. And um, that one that one won us a gold medal at the Washington Beer Awards, that, that beer. So Excellent. we need to do that a little bit more. That sounds great. Nice twist on the recipe, too. So you mentioned CTZ in this beer normally only in the first wart, or are you doing, using that in other places, too? Only in the first wart in that one. But normally I would, I would bring a hop all the way through, you know, but I think that's such a pungent, strong hop, <laughs> it didn't need much help. <laughs> and not in the mash at all, just, just in first wart. Yeah, not in the mash, no, just in the first walk. Yeah. Got it. And do you think some of that hop flavor carries through to the beer, finished beer? I think it, I think it does. Well, I'm getting I, it, I think, but yeah. A lot of people probably would say it wouldn't. In the aromatics, I think it's there just a little bit. Well, this, it's sort of steep, isn't it, at the start? And, and um, that sort of nose definitely seems to follow through. Maybe it plays well with citra, so maybe it's something to do with the sort of citra... The combination. Uh, combination, yeah. Um, it definitely feels to me like it does. Adam, I just want to point out, because I like Tasty's line of questioning, and I know it. I know where it's coming from, this topic is near and dear to his heart, where, <laughs> you know, there's, because there's a lot of people that say, uh, you, you know, you don't put hops in the mash, and the first wort hopping doesn't matter, you can do all of that later, but Tasty has always said, you know, I can really taste the difference. <laughs> Yeah. Am I right? I think you could. Yeah, I think it's it adds to the beer. Yes, whether I can, yeah. I can taste it. Plus, Adam this mentioned something about my palate. Adam mentioned something that's also important on brew day for these beers. Even if it doesn't come across in the finished beer, it smells great in the brew house. <laughs> <laughs> well, then because he smells it in the brew house, he dials into it. Absolutely. So when he tastes it now, yeah, he's probably he knows you know knows where it's coming from. We're going to have to we have to you know find it in all these other great flavors. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I might have a bias. <laughs> and that too. 
Uh, I do want to do one last thing with you, Adam, before uh, before you go, which is that we do a, a segment on the show called uh, The Happy Hour, where we highlight brewing disasters. And we often say that, you know, we never hear uh, pros admit to their mistakes. So uh, if you could just regale the audience uh, with the time you were brewing beer with your friends and the copper heat exchanger, and uh, I'll just stop there. You take it away. Yeah, so a couple of friends, uh, this was two or three years ago, came over to watch me brew and, and, and learn. And um, This so is homebrew, right? Uh, homebrewing, yeah. Okay. yeah so brewing out on the deck. And my wife was out, out, out of town, and we had just converted our basement into a couple of bedrooms and stuff. And um, so every, the brew day is going fine and every, everything. And I, I'd um, got a uh, coil, copper coil heat exchanger. So what I do is I, I take that into the, into the bathroom and then hook it up to the tap in the bathroom and then run it down the sink. You know, the, the water comes through the coil and then back down the, the sink. Okay, yeah. So we're outside and everything's going fine and it's a nice sunny day and we're just talking and then this loudest bang happens. So I run in and the, the, the outlet of the tube had gone out of the sink, it flipped up and then gone straight down into our, into our ductwork, like into the air vent. <laughs> oh, and, into oh, the house air vent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just pumping water through our air vent system <laughs> that is brand new. Yeah. And so I obviously stopped that down, but then run downstairs and then the water is leaking out of the ceiling in my son's bedroom. Right. So just dripping. Uh, and then all of the, the alarms started going off, you know, the fire alarms. So oh, really? Yeah, because the ceiling is raining, basically. Yeah. So the ceiling is raining. It's shorting all the fire alarms, which are all <laughs> joined together now because we just, yeah. you know, rebuilt it all. Yeah. So the loudest noise, and it, it was the, my friends who were there to see me brew were helping me put pots underneath all these water dripping out and on you. And were you teaching them to brew? Like, was that the principle of the day? Teaching them how not to do it. <laughs> yeah. Teach them how to use two hose clamps oh, instead of one? no. <laughs> Wait, and, and your son is called Reuben, right? Yeah. So this yeah. is how we get Reuben's brews? Yes. Well, listen, Reuben's got to deal with a little water coming through his <laughs> ceiling. That's the price you pay. He's got a brewery named after him. <laughs> you know, oh, what a disaster that is! Of all the places the water could land, it goes right into the vent. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Did either one of those friends ever take up home brewing? Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wise won't let him. <laughs> yeah, not after that. How did the brew day go? Um, I well, know. they destroyed their basement. <laughs> HVAC disaster and destroyed yeah. the basement. At the you same know that, time. but you otherwise know that it was great. Twenty thousand dollar basement conversion. I was telling you they were doing. Well, it's sir. ruined. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good yeah. effort, Adam. I love it. Yeah, that wasn't my <laughs> finest moment. No, but I like that you share it. I'm always complaining that brewers just talk about how much they succeed, which drives me insane. I like to hear about the occasional mess-up, because we all do it. Oh, know? well, he definitely, before he told me that story, he did tell me about the 2011 fair, where he took home seven medals and best of show. <laughs> he went on like that for a half an hour before I got that story out of him. Right, right. So, so how was the beer after all that, the, the busted vent? See, now that's that, the question of a good home brewer. How well, the did beer be- worked out really good, but I was See? thinking about that when uh, when we were talking about it, because we were lucky that the hose didn't go into the wall, you know? If it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You it didn't say that. infected the wall. Gotta yeah. save the beer. You didn't say that to your wife, but you were thinking, <laughs> you were like, you know, it's a good thing it went through the vent. Yeah, I would I would hate to have to reboil my beer instead of, you know, do all that drywall. Yeah. At suck. least the beer was good. So you, su- you suffered for the right reason. Yeah. That burned the hell out of my leg last summer brewing, but the beer turned out great. So I guess I made it worth it. Yep. Uh, 
I love it. And let me just point out if my notes are correct, too, since we're talking about, not that this is a good lead-in to you teaching others to brew, but uh, it does, are you holding homebrewing classes as well? Yeah, maybe they'll uh, cancel their bookings. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean for the segue to go like that, but I did want to help you. Yeah, we'll help it. you out any way we can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I got asked by a, um, there's a cookery uh, teaching uh, uh, place, and um, they asked me to teach some homebrew classes. So I've got three classes in March. Uh, they're going to have 25 people in each, and I'm going to brew a... Um, well, I picked a, you know, I can choose which beer I was going to going to brew in front of them. I'm going to brew a foreign export stout because we haven't brewed one at the brewery yet. So um, I've designed the recipe on, on a homebrew system. So I've got all the stuff now, and um, I'm going to brew that probably on Thursday at home as a practice, and then like take pictures and then put together a little like how to sort of list. And we're gonna, we've got three and a half hours, so we're going to talk about recipe formulation like during the boil, and then just general process. Um, uh, pointers like during the mash, and then I'll have my homebrew um, foreign export stout, so that they can try what they're what we're, they're seeing in front of them and stuff. So I'll also take some commercial examples, so like you can try, you can understand the different flavor profiles that you can get playing within the uh, the same defined style, but you can get pretty distinctly different beers. Man, you must love brewing beer. You're you got you're running the place, you're operating at capacity, and you're still teaching. Still brewing homebrew. Homebrew classes. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I like it. Uh, Can people sign up for these uh, still, or or do you want to promote that? I think they have a a waiting list still. I think they're all sold out right now, but they they do have a waiting list. Um, The Pantry at Delancey is the name of the the place. um, So the Pantry at Delancey.com. Okay. It's in, in Ballard. All right. Excellent. And listeners, you can go to RubensBrews.com if you didn't catch that already and check it out. And go see them in uh, the Ballard neighborhood, uh, Seattle, Washington. I, I vouch for the beer. It's excellent. It's very good beer. Isn't it great beer? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I want to thank you for, for sending beer uh, to talk with us about it, too, because it really helps the interview. And it was all great. Even, you know what? Whenever we say even JP liked it, we mean it. That's true. <clears throat> <laughs> well, thanks for having me. You know, I, I listen to you as a homebrewer for a number of years, uh-huh. and I keep up the good work. Ah, excellent. Oh, we'll we'll try to do that. I do thanks. have. It looks like I got one last question that snuck in here through the chat before I let you go. Um, does Adam have any tricks for avoiding stuck sparges with rye? <laughs> yeah. Um, so our Rogan beer is fifty percent rye. Wow. So what we do there is we put. You know, the pills and the Munich, so that's 50% of the grain bill in first and, and mash those in first. Then we layer the rice hulls and then the, the rye malt and then the flake rye. And as long as you start the sparge slowly and don't let it ever really get too fast, we, we've never had a problem. Knock on wood, you know. Yeah, excellent. And yeah, so just layer. That's what I'd say. I hope you're not brewing with 50% rye tomorrow because you totally just jinxed yourself. <laughs> it's going to be fucked. I'd stay home if I were you. <laughs> All right, so you don't have mash rakes? And, and if you did, I, I assume you've turned those off. No, we don't have mash rakes, no. All right, no. so how long, do you, how long do you put it? How long do you keep have the uh, the base mold in before you add the uh, rye? Oh, just as we're mashing in. So we're oh, just, mash, oh, so just as you're going in, you yeah. just run the other grains first? Yeah. Okay. yeah, it takes us 20 minutes to mash in, so it would leave. Well, when you're mashing in, are you using an ore to mix things up, or you just yeah. you, you do that? And then how about when the rye is coming in? Do you still do the same thing? You still keep It would still mix it in, but you don't try and turn it over. Okay, so you so do are trying to make sure there's a layering going yeah. on in the mash tun. Okay. Great. Yeah, and you put the rice holes in between the layer, you know. Yeah, and that you don't, don't have slow, to though, mix it. Don't go slow, though, when you put in. them in? 
Sorry? Do they float when you put them in? Like, are you... Or do you sense that they... Well, I see. So the rice sauce become part of the top layers mixture. And then yes. there's more that goes on top of that. I got you. Again. Yeah, so I, that'll I push them saying. down if they are floating. They don't, and it also keeps them out of the baseball because it doesn't need it. So yes. you're, I, I get it. Oh, that's good. good strategy. I like that. This is one of those things that, that's it, like, oh, yeah, that just makes sense. Why wouldn't you just layer it yeah, like that? Yeah, it's common sense. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. Adam, the way you're doing it. A lot of things make make sense when you actually figure them out, you know? <laughs> when you're there to see it. You it's know? just figuring it out. One day I'm going to learn that. <laughs> I wonder, uh, how, do, how do you deal with all the ducks? Uh, like the spent grain and stuff. All the ducks, the, the Ballard ducks in the neighborhood? <laughs> Is that... Oh, do you hear that? He did it for me. I didn't have to courtesy laugh you because Adam did it for me. Uh. We, um... <laughs> we all should laugh harder. Whatever. JP's dying, you know, so yeah. hang on, let me fix that. Oh, because of the bow. The yeah. see now, if you die, you so know that I thought you were common. funny. You're supposed to just go. I don't yeah. understand. I go. Why aren't they called the Ballard? Those Ballard ducks. I get it. And and then it was and supposed to go mallards. longer than that. And but actually, Mallards. Yeah. I know. I got the whole. Do you? Wow. It's just too sophisticated for me. Yeah. Um, it's highbrow. Uh, yeah, I'm not that. It's way highbrow shit. Hey, Adam. Did you know JP is super funny? <laughs> He's listened. Wait, He's, we have Ballard chickens. So, so one customer takes I, I don't know like uh, almost half a ton a week for his and gives most of it to like chickens. Oh, that's good. So, so ballot chickens, but not. See, you're not, so, not too many ducks around. See, he's still trying to help you out, JP. <laughs> Adam's, a, bone. Adam's a nice man. He went and he shook everybody's hand in line who didn't get a beer, and here he is laughing at your jokes. Well, <laughs> and making chicken references. I, you know what? how JP loves the chickens. Even though we're only two shows in, Adam. I have a feeling you're going to be nominated nicest guest of 2014. Oh, it should be like a like a I don't know, t ball like p- the softball pitcher of the year. <laughs> Who can lob the the easiest? Like, oh, here's the legitimate thing for your joke. Yes, treat us like we're special. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be the name of the award, Adam. Yeah. The, Next time I'm on, I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> the lift us up, not break us down award. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, it's Adam Robbins. He's the founder and brewmaster of Rubens Brews. Go to RubensBrews.com. The beer is fantastic. Go check it out. Apparently, don't show up on a day of a limited release. You might not get one. Or show up first. <laughs> yeah, or show up real early. Put, pitch a tent, so to speak. Uh, all right. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you being on the program. And thanks Cheers, for guys. Yeah, thanks for sending these great beers, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Cheers. There you go. Adam Robbins, Rubens Brews. We got some good info there. If you yes. write to us talking about how we haven't given you any good beer info lately, uh, our answer will be, you didn't listen to the Rubens Brews show. The layering you? was gold. That was pretty cool. I got idea. it. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, happy to have it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. we got a lot left to do. Brew News, Homebrewer of the Week, Happy Hour, lots of stuff. Hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, B. 
Indian Army. It's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing 
process and ingredients and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom-built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing, too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure. Mix me your 100 grain amber <laughs> recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Beer. This is the session. Right, right. JP has cancer. You know, can we just get over? <clears throat> get over. I'm sorry, I can't talk. My cancer is acting. Did up. you drop out that rejoinder just so you could sing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my shrink's parting words. You know, now that you're cured, you should sing more. You, <laughs> you, should, should, you should drop out of the rejoinders. You should dance like nobody's watching. And you should... Because nobody is. He just read me... <laughs> is it weird that he read me just a bunch of uh, inspirational posters? I thought he was highly trained. You know what? If I remember correctly, I think it's Critical Slinky. Remember that guy, Critical Slinky, who made the first lunch meat... Um, image? Image. I remember. I think he has a business now, or at least a side business, where you can subscribe to um, motivational notes... What? And you get like a handwritten like motivational note. Like he's serious note. about it? I'm going to look it up now. Like it's not a joke? No. I well, don't think it's a joke. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What a great idea. It's. Pretty, I think it's a pretty good idea. You should do those, JP, just vaguely sarcastic. Give them oh, I really hope day. it's a good yeah. day. Oh, oh uh, inspirational voicemails. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope you have a good day today. You'd be great at it. Especially after the surgery, JP, you're going to be so positive. I am real positive. I feel like maybe we should record a bunch of motivational notes from you pre-surgery and then several more post-surgery. And then we could play a game. We could oh, we could make a BN game. <laughs> Is this motivational quote from JP pre or post-cancer? Oh, I think we just invented the game right. in 2014. All right. You got me, Moscow? We need to come up with questions. For, I don't care if they're motivational quotes or just questions like on his outlook of life. And then we're going to figure out if they were... If he answers them pre or post. 
Now, the post ones, I think we should do them in the hospital. Like, toward the end, when his throat is healing and everything, but when he's really, like, the effect is really hitting him. Like, he's there, he's in the hospital, he's cured, he's going home soon. Those are the answers I want. Does yeah. that mean that means I have to go visit him in the hospital? Yes. Huh. Well, you're going to it anyway, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll see you there. Oh, we okay. were all planning to do it, but well, now that, yeah. now that I, Moscow's I, going and he has work to do, we'd hate to interrupt. I was going to bring you a pack of smokes. I mean, I figured <laughs> yeah, they only lost so many people up there at one time, so quit. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, it's feelbetterletter.com. A little shout out to Critical Slinky there. Interesting. Three bucks a month. You can get a handwritten, once a month, I'm sorry, once a month. Handwritten letter that will inspire you, and it's real. It's not like a. It's not like us idiots, us assholes who be like, "Oh, here's your." It's yeah. real. You, you cl- click on learn more, and there's like, uh, you know, some double ended. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a totally legitimate thing. I well, think it's a great idea. Slinky's a real positive guy. He's a real positive guy. I like it. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, God bless him, and you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Blessings be unto you. All right, we got a lot left to do. We're going to uh, do some. Um, uh, beer news right now and of course coming up after that we've got our homebrewer of the week and our happy hour where we get to learn about another brewing disaster which will make for two great disasters on today's show making me quite happy but first let's do some beer news it's the brewing network beer news brought to you by homebrewstuff.com oh i have my bed again i feel whole well today's top story an attorney from Birmingham, Vermont, named Stephanie Hoffman, has avoided criminal charges that arose from her sale over the ultranet of Hetty Topper, which is the wildly popular Imperial IPA from The Alchemist out of uh, Waterbury, Vermont. Hoffman was scheduled to be arraigned two weeks ago at Vermont's Superior Court for selling the beer on Craigslist. But instead of standing before Judge Martin Maley to enter a plea with her attorney, she was allowed to follow an alternative path of court diversion, which they didn't specify what it is. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, community service or something like that. Uh, Hoffman is 28 years old. She works for the law firm Langcroft Sperry & Wool uh, in Middlebury, Vermont. She was cited by police on suspicion of selling alcoholic beverages without a license. Franklin County State Attorney Jim Hughes filed the charges, and a uh, presid- presiding judge uh, found probable cause. She was cited after authorities says she used the uh, uh, Craigslist to sell 120 16-ounce cans to undercover investigators. Oh, we're not just talking about a couple bottles here. No, it was a lot. Okay. It was uh, 120. Yeah, uh, She sold them to undercover investigators from the uh, Vermont Department of Liquor Control. Uh, the transaction took place in a gas station parking lot in Georgia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to add insult to injury. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, the alleys were all full. Yeah. Uh, authorities said Hoffman was asking $825 for the beer. That works out to $27.50 per four-pack. Yeah, wow. that sounds about right. Her attorney said, quote, No one really contemplated selling a single bottle of wine or a few cases of beer, a beer that ranked number one in the world, by the way, on Craigslist would amount to a criminal act. Well, that's what her attorney said? Yes. All right, I'll hold it together for a second. Uh, he added that there was no intent by Hoffman to do anything illegal. Quote, uh, it was a matter of, in her own way, trying to promote a very special Vermont beer and have fun doing it. Oh, bullshit! If she'd ever realized that it was illegal, of course, it wouldn't have been done, end quote. Well, you guys say it's bullshit, but you've never clearly had the fun that she has had by meeting strangers in a Georgia parking lot. (laughs) Gas station. I mean, when 800 bucks gets exchanged in a Georgia parking lot. Good things happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's something I like to do, and it's just fun. It's just fun. I love I meeting just, new I people. I just feel good. I just meet them. Yeah, I love awesome. new people on Craigslist. It's fun. I just love it. It's fun. I like to run a legal distributor ship. 
for fun out of my garage. For it's fun. just fun. Uh, it's oh, fun. Uh, it, not just fun. I'm promoting the brewery that I love. I know. I mean, they're so good. You lying sack of shit. So here, now I'm. I'm actually gonna. They're pre- ten bucks a can. Good. I guarantee you. I'm actually gonna preface this by saying that I, I'm. I'm not. Ri- I'm not really on either side of the fence about whether or not this should be allowed. I, I do think that. I know there's a black market for beer. I'm not sure that it's wrong. What I will say is, you're bullshitting everybody involved in this story if you say. A, I didn't know that it was illegal to buy several cases of an alcoholic beverage and then sell them on Craigslist. Yes, you did. Everybody knows that. Well, she's an attorney on top of that. Well, <laughs> so, no, no, no. so she knows it even more than I know it, and I'm an idiot. So she knows these things. Well, she's she a better criminal than most people. She has a special value add here. She she stored them in her warm Georgia garage <laughs> for a few months, warm aged before heady. sale. It's really good. Then she upped. The price of them by several hundreds of dollars. Because if I remember right, this brewery who who does uh, who who sells out of this beer the instant it's made refuses to raise the price of the beer. They this beer is extremely affordable. And and just if I'm thinking of the same brewery, and I and I really think I am, despite calls of everybody involved to raise the price since it's so widely coveted, mm-hmm. they refuse to do so. So. She has upped the price of this beer by an enormous amount because she's a fan and wants to promote one of her favorite breweries. Justin, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun for her. It is fun to make money. Yes. That's yes. what's fun. Right. So I just, I don't, I don't buy the premise. The premise is ridiculous. I, she's a lying bitch. Yes, Bevo. It seems like a lot of work. For something you really like, like no, I really like not. you, but I don't know that I would go through all that, you know, just because I. Well, so I, I see your point, and, and in some regards, maybe you're right. But here's the amount of work for her to make about eight hundred dollars, <coughs> maybe a little less, I guess, because the, the beer really is cheap when you buy it from the brewery. This particular brewery, uh, so let's call it seven hundred bucks. All she had to do was get her hands on several cases and make a Craigslist post. I mean, that's it, and now she's making several hundred dollars now. I'm not really, again, I'm not even saying that I'm kind of against that. I don't know. Fuck it. Do what you want. I'm just against her lying to the court to get out of it. Well, for one, I'm a lawyer and I didn't know it was illegal. And two, I'm actually just doing it to promote the brewery. Who's buying that? The The judge? Because I'd like to have a word with the judge. What do you think about the uh, use of resources, uh, undercover officers, to uh, pose on the internet and do these sales to, to prosecute uh, would-be offenders? So this is one of the interesting things about this story, to be honest with you, because I'm wondering if this is the first time this has ever happened. It's It's been in discussions. You know, Vinny uh, uh, promoted this year after Beatification came out at Russian River. He There was a, a local report where he said... If any of you find our beatification for sale at a liquor store, please let us know because it's illegal. They got the beer through illegal channels. Because he never he never sold the beer to liquor stores. It didn't stores. go through the, the either. He's he's allowed to sell directly under his license or use the three tier system. It wouldn't have gone through either things. Hmm. So he so I'm just pointing out that it's been in the news. It's a big stink for several brewers, right or wrong. I wonder if this is the first time a sting has ever happened and someone got busted for it. That could be, you know. Uh, speaking of Russian River, Natalie got eBay not to sell a beer anymore. 
Oh, really? really? She yeah. just contacted eBay directly and yeah. said it's illegal. Yeah, I said, no, you can't do it. And they don't sell any beer at all, evidently, on eBay. Do you, do you have any idea if they put up any wow. resistance? Uh, well, it was illegal. Could, what could they say? I don't know much. Yeah, I guess they could. I think that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that. But maybe that's why this uh, Hoffman well, went to Craigslist instead. Well, she should have gone, you know, should she should have stayed much more below the radar. That was her problem. She went on Craigslist. Yeah. You know, pretty soon, everybody, you know. Well, yeah, the ABC probably sees that. I just might like making little flyers, like post them around just CBS go to and Walgreens and, and say, stuff. You know, I got it. What do you <laughs> with so, like the phone numbers on little tabs? You ripping off? <laughs> yeah, I got heady. Yeah, now, now, Tasty, that would have dis- been fine. You could do that public. I don't disagree with you, but she's not the first one to do this. She's not even this uh, no, the hundredth no. person to do no. it. It's it's just now, and I think this is the question you're you're asking, Moscow. Is this a good use of resources? Now it's becoming prevalent enough in a in a small state like Vermont where this. It's actually kind of a big story in Vermont with this brewery that they're selling out of this beer. Oh, sure. And now the black market becomes big, so the authorities decide maybe we should do something about this. It's it's become so big for the, the brewery, the Alchemist, um, that they've developed an authorized heady topper retailer sticker. They hand it out to all the retailers, uh, 132 official resellers, and now can be seen in the window at pubs and restaurants. So... Uh, just like what you were saying about the the Russian River thing, um, if you go into a liquor store and you see Hetty Topper for sale, but you don't see the official sticker, oh uh, yeah, um, then it's you're getting misled. Yeah, but uh, that that that's crazy. That's some crazy demand for your product because you have to oh yeah make money or you have to spend money to ensure customers that other people are making uh, whatever. Now, it, it kind I, of messes up the town apparently too. Like it changes yes. the traffic and everything. There's not enough parking and all kinds of stuff. It's become a big issue. It sounds so, funny, but it's become a problem beers. apparently. So much so that they had to move their retail operation. I, like a month or two ago, I was trying to book John, the guy who runs the Alchemist for the show, but he was embroiled in this moving thing because all uh, the yeah. neighbors, cars would line up around the corner and there was traffic and just tons of people all the time. And so he had to move his operation. Right. So I suggest we leave the greater topic of whether it's right or wrong to for for a later discussion because I think it's an important discussion that has several uh, facets to it, several sides that we should listen to. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. But I do want to say there's a part of me who I wish I had known about. There's a part of me that wants to turn this idiot in because I feel like, well, I feel like why don't you just own it? I feel like she's lying. The 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 lie is. I just did this because I'm a fan of the brewery, and and two, I didn't know it was illegal. Yeah. And the judge is accepting that and letting her out of whatever prosecution that this sting would have resulted in. I kind of feel like I would have said to the judge, really? Are you going to buy that? First of all, she's a lawyer selling right. liquor without a liquor license. <laughs> right. You're going to believe that she didn't know? Second of all, lines. Second of all, she's upcharging by hundreds of dollars. You're also going to believe that she did that just because she's a fan of the brewery. I think she's making you look like an idiot. And I would like to say this because what I don't like about this story is that she's treating us all like we're idiots. Yes. That's what I don't like. Well, but Just it, own it. I think you're right, but therefore what? Therefore, she does Throw jail time? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, fuck her. She's a liar. Not because she's a thief, but because she's a liar. <laughs> that's, that's what I don't I like. I don't mind that you cheated. I mind that you lied. <laughs> I, mind, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just particularly disturbed hmm. by the blatant, and then the court let her off because of it. I'm particularly disturbed by the blatant lies. I didn't know. So you also seem bothered by the use of public resources to hunt down black market beer. Yes and selling. no. I, yeah. I think Moscow's more disturbed by that than I am. I, I don't care yeah. about that. Uh, it is illegal. Right. It's an illegal activity. 
I don't know why the breweries care. I'm still not convinced about why breweries give a shit about that. They got paid either way because they want something to be well, angry at. But that's a whole lot, like I said. That's a whole other thing. Mistreatment yeah. of the product, uh, a lot of other stuff. But but I'm I don't know. I just don't like it. So she got off. Essentially, she got busted, and then she got off. By telling blatant and obvious lies. She's That's like, what I don't like. She's like, are we done here? Because i got to drive up to Vermont. <laughs> yeah, because the algorithm is opening in an hour. i got another 100 cases up there. <laughs> yeah, she's like, my name I, on it. I got an in. I'm just going to get it direct. I don't have to wait till they open. It's awesome. Are we done? i got to catch a flight to San Diego. You know, that Tommy Arthur's about to put a whole new limited release on sale. Uh, you know that one that came in the annual cases? And stuff? i got like 15 of those. I don't know. You want Any, one? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let her go. By the way, she's a little goofy looking. I don't mean to just add that. I know. I had to look at that picture well, she's from the last Georgia. 10 minutes. That was no good. <laughs> all right. Goofy looking. She's got some... There. That yeah. says it all. She's missing a chromosome or something. She's got some goof. <laughs> Carry on. Well, this story comes to us from Luxor, Egypt. While conducting a routine cleaning of the burial plot of an Egyptian statesman in the court of King Amenhotep III, that was King Tut's grandfather, a group of Egyptologists from Japan's Waseda University discovered another tomb, that of Kono Amhib. Uh, he was an ancient Egyptian head of beer production, oh. uh, known as the chief maker of beer for the gods of the dead. Uh, the tomb is estimated to be more than 3,000 years old. It's T-shaped. Uh, it has two halls and a burial chamber. Uh, and uh, you guys can see in the image I sent you, you can see the well-preserved paintings uh, decorating the walls of the tomb. Uh, features scenes of grain fermentation, uh, as well as finished products being presented in jugs to Mut. Uh, Egypt's mother goddess. Uh, according to the head of the Japanese mission, Yuro Kondo, the wall scenes depict Konzo Imheb himself, accompanied uh, by family members and various deities. Imheb was, in addition to being a brewer, the head of the warehouse where the beer he made was stored, uh, and his resting place in death is fitting for his role in life. Uh, the walls are golden-hued and uh, exuberant and intoxicating. Really beautiful work. You see that there, Jay? Am I the only one who feels like historians sometimes, I have the same problem with astronomers, are full of shit? Like, you can just make up any story you want. Are you, yeah. really? There's a beer make. there's a chief beer maker for the gods of the dead? I didn't believe him until they found the tile where the brewing disaster was. There was water dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> I don't know. Then I kind of believed it. I mean, this story, it's so, you know how people make fun of astrology because, like, you could you could adapt anything to it. Of course. I feel like these historians, they look at a picture on the wall and they go, well, clearly he's the chief beer yeah. producer for the gods of the dead. Like, fuck you. You have no idea what is happening. It's to say, I had the same thing with astronomy where they start telling me, like, astrology. Well, no, astronomy. Astronomy. Where they, where they look at things that they okay. can't really see, yeah. and then they make a, a, a million conclusions based on whatever equation was, was put in front. And so they go, you see? <laughs> there clearly are. There's clearly life on another planet. They're just using math. see nothing. They're just using math. There is something. I, yeah. I just feel like there, there's it's the same type of jumping to conclusions. And the historians, look, they're smarter than I am, so I'm not saying that they're wrong. But I'm suspicious. But there's, there's the chief a, beer god of the dead. There's a difference <laughs> between using math and science to form a conclusion, yeah. and looking at a picture and jumping to the conclusion. Now, there's yeah, also okay, don't I'll forget they also had writing. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so but they're not just looking at the photo and playing find where's Waldo. Not all but but right even that you're I a, a language that doesn't exist anymore and there's, yeah, there's nobody they, alive that knows that language. No, but and, we've decoded it. Have we? Yeah, for like or the past 80 years. Or have we decided that we decoded it? It's the same, like we just go, <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure it means this. You, you go down there as an expert, you better be talking about something. Jesus. I know. I'm telling I I feel like I don't know. I feel like you go down some, and go like, I don't know what the fuck it means. You got to go down and make it up. There's some loosey goosey <laughs> going on here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Listen to this phrase, JP. I'm listening. Chief beer maker for gods of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, been nobody is suspicious about that? No, there have been sacrifices. I mean, we go into, you know, they, explorers, go into tombs all the time that find jars of wine and jars of uh, ancient beers. Pardon me, ick fuck tuck nuck. What is, what, is your, what is your position? Oh, I'm the chief beer maker for the gods of the dead. Yeah. Like, that's, that was his title. That was Ick Fuck Tuck Nuck's title back in the day. Yeah, that would get you this nice setup, too, right? I mean, that's a big deal. What, what you, it's go, a really good job. You just bring all the beer into the tomb. Two hallways? When I go to Tammy Nail, just one, to get a manicure. Yes, yes. They have their little statue of Buddha, and there's always fresh donuts sitting in front of him, and some oranges and avocados. And they're day. gone the next time you come in. No, well, yeah. to be that he ate It's them. just like Santa Claus. No, you have to leave fresh. You have to leave fresh fruit for the. Guy. Do you not know anything about historical sciences? No, Shit. because I'm disturbed by the fact that I don't. Because I don't know, and some guy with more degrees that's smarter than me tells me it's so. I, I don't. Did I you, don't like it. Did you just deconstruct? Teaching? <laughs> <laughs> no, I deconstructed Icknuck Fucked Up. Yeah, he's a lot because, like you. He didn't want a real job. Because, <laughs> so you guys are both here. It's cool. Be, yeah, <laughs> because someone who knows more stuff than I do tells me I don't necessarily think it's true. Really? Oh. No, the guy, there's a picture on a wall, yeah. and then so we go, he don't is pre- the chief maker of beer for God. Who are the gods of the... I don't, I don't like it. Osiris is one of them. You know what? I think it's the same person as who stole the alchemist beer. It, 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 they're all liars. They're liars. The lady with the chromosome and the if not tuck fuck are the same people. Well, well, Justin's point is valid. I mean, is it? Yeah, well, for sure. Because uh, it's, you know, scientists, historians, they they are prone to stating their opinions and theories as fact. And they are pr- prone to groupthink because the one guy at Harvard said it. Therefore, I believe it too, and it's fact. I, I, am with you. I don't take I knew it I was as a, I don't take it as a given. I don't see. I just come on. It's a. It has a written language. It's all How subject you... to interpret. So does astrology. No, astrology doesn't have a written language. That is well, based on interpretation. Uh, th- right. This I, is interpretation too. And I will. La- I will. Okay. So no. You know what? Hebrew is a written language, yet the Bible translated into a billion language is subject to interpretation. Absolutely. So I it feel is. like these ancient, I agree with you, it's some mm-hmm. ancient language that we know exists, but it's all subject to interpretation. Mm. Whichever scholar and his preconceived notions about beer, dead people needing a beer producer, that's yes. what I'm well, saying. And he's a homebrewer. I guarantee you the guy who said this, he's a homebrewer. Perhaps that's not... <laughs> The exact translation. Maybe there's not words in the English language to translate what it is. Maybe there's he's not the god beer making guy. Beer producer of dead. Gods. I don't care. I'm yes. just saying maybe he's something else, and it's just not translatable. Yep, that might be so. A lot of Egyptian hieroglyphics are they don't have specific words for it. So don't you think somebody just made beer at the time and people drank it? But but no, because it was more of a ceremonial drink based on all the research that they've been doing for the last hundred years in that area. I don't buy it. All right. Yeah, I think he was just a beer maker. 
But because people like beer so much, yes. they gave this guy a big status. And yes. then the people that came in later said he must have been a big deal because he got his own uh, pyramid. And now he's some god of the gods. Yeah, but they drink shit. He's just more, a brewery, but everybody loved the beer. But they drank more wine than beer. I wonder how mm, it tasted. See? The workers drank all the beer. It was The wine was for uh, the royalty. Not a lot of temperature. Then why would there. there be a god of the beer? See, you're making know. my point. Don't lick at me. I'm stupid. You, you're really taking my... <laughs> you're, you're searching so hard for a flub. You're going to listen to me. So this is well, still I'm happening, just isn't it? Oh, okay. Well, Bevo's wondering how it tasted, and you, JP's wondering how, you know, if it's just religious ceremonies or it was a... It was well, a double IPA. Beer was... <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it's really... And their society collapsed. In a pint can. It's really hoppy. Uh, well, so beer was an integral part of, of both religious ceremonies, like JP said, uh, and everyday life. Uh, and so it was really thick and sweet, the beer the Egyptians brewed. Yeah, it was mead. I was going to say, isn't that called mead? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it was mead. I don't know. It wasn't even beer, was M-E-A-D. it? M-E-A-D. Well, they beer. didn't have a yeast that would eat the sugar, I'm sure. It was a bunch of saliva and some grains. <laughs> and, and like 1.6%. They needed a way yeah, you, couldn't, you couldn't call it beer, I guess, because there's no hops in it, right? How do you think they added salts to their water back then? I don't think You know did. what I'm getting at? Sweat. No. Semen. Yeah. yeah, what was the number for White Labs back then? <laughs> Four. Did they have a perfect pitch back then? No. No. God of dead beer people. Well, there must have been some shit anyway. How did he get its own fucking tomb? The beer tasted so <laughs> shitty. Yeah! They should have kicked well, him out of there. Comparatively the speaking. The gods of the dead thought it tasted great. Yeah. Uh, there you go. They had special yeast. There was a lot yeah. of religious well, theories. There's the yeah. Fertile Crescent Super Yeast or something. It's for the... It, <laughs> It's for, the, it's for the Fine. dead, so no one drank it. You put it in a tomb, and it fucking evaporates. Yeah. No one ever drinks it, so he could just... Good he point. mildled everybody. He doesn't give a shit. That's a good point. It is. I could be the god of the yes. dead beer exactly. people. Yeah, I, knew it. I think you should be. I'm I bet the guy's it. glad to be on our podcast now. What do you think? That, that is legacy that he was thinking? I'm changing my name I'll, to Nick Fuck Tuck Luck. I want to have you on this podcast I thought it was in the fuck future. Not tick Luck. Same thing. Shit. Carry on. As of the first <laughs> of the year... Give me a better story. Uh, this one's good. As of the first of the year, Belgian beer maker, maker Duval has finalized its purchase of Kansas City, Missouri's Boulevard Brewing Company. I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but John McDonald, which is a Boulevard Brewing's founder, he sold his majority stake uh, back in October for an undisclosed amount to the 142-year-old Duval. Some media outlets have estimated that the sale may have been worth around $100 bucks. It's conjecture, but it's a lot of money. Uh, Donna Hood Krekka. $100 million. Maybe. That's the guess. Wow. What did the Goose guy get? Do we remember? Oh, that was $40 million, I believe, uh, from uh, Anheuser-Busch for Goose Island. That's enough. The yeah. Goose guy. <clears throat> All right. Uh, th- this lady, I can't pronounce her name. She's a bever- beverage industry analyst. Uh, she says there are now at least 2,500 American craft breweries, as we well know. Uh, some are challenging the uh, European masters, and U.S. craft beer exports have jumped more than 70% just in the last year. Uh, most bottles of uh, the Irish ale that jostle down Boulevard production line today will stay in the Midwest. Uh, but Simon Thorpe, uh, who runs Duval's U.S. arm, says that Kansas City's identity will help sell the beer worldwide. Mm. Uh, his quote is, uh, people really want to know uh, where things come from. They want to have an emotional connection to the brewery. And uh, Kansas City offers both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. Duval promises to help Boulevard make and sell more beer, and importantly, it pledged uh, to, quote, pretty much just leave Boulevard alone, uh, as it tries to strike a delicate balance between marketing Boulevard beer to the world and keeping it real back in Kansas City. Well, I I, I didn't have a negative opinion when it happened to Goose, and I don't have a negative opinion. I hope he got $100 million. God bless him. And if it brings craft beer uh, outside of the U.S. to other parts of the world because of it, great. 
Well, and that's I, I'm pretty, I mean that's what uh, Anheuser Busch said too when they bought Goose Island is you know we're pretty much going to leave they have their name for a reason and yeah. we're not interested in changing their beer we're interested in bringing their beer to more people. Sure, they did change their employee structure, which people predicted, and they said no, we won't. But that happened. But I don't know if the beer seems the same to me. Shit, their Bourbon County Stout is still one of the top rated beers uh, on all the the sites. So they do do they do Matilda too? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I like that beer still. I don't know, whatever. I hope he got 100 mil. Jerk. Yeah, when is somebody going to buy us out? <laughs> yeah, I could really go for $100 million. It's <laughs> yeah. worth something. Oh, dude, I will totally give you guys 20 bucks if that happens. Yeah, you won't get it all, Beef. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> She's like, I could totally use 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> totally use 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it today. Uh, that, all of us. Uh, let's do one last one. This is a fun one. Uh, a resourceful firefighter in Houston, Texas, used beer to save the day. Uh, Captain Craig Moreau said that he was driving eastbound on State Highway 71 out of Austin last week when he witnessed thick smoke coming out of a truck's brakes. He and his wife pulled over to help the driver. Uh, It turned out that the 18-wheeler was hauling cans of Coors Banquet. Mm. Uh, Morrow, who was off-duty, said he grabbed uh, the little extinguisher the driver was uh, attempting to extinguish the blaze with. Uh, He was just kind of on the outside of the tire, spraying it meekly. And so Morrow grabbed the extinguisher and crawled under the truck uh, and tried to knock down the flames, but that was not enough. Uh, he asked the driver what he was carrying, and the driver responded, uh, beer, it's all beer. Uh, and then the tire exploded, uh, but, you know, Mora was thinking on his toes. He ordered the driver to open the truck and toss him some tall boys. Uh, let's say you want to hear some audio uh, from, this uh, from is the bullshit. They just like the banquet like on the... Talk. No way. It's what do they happening? do? Do they shake them up and then pop them? Isn't like, beer <laughs> flammable? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. It's did not you high just... enough alcohol. Say beer was flammable. I was asking, but alcohol was flammable. No, not at not in coarse quantities. Here, let's hear from the man here. Pop no, it up. Yeah. Go ahead. So I grabbed the extinguisher from him, and I crawled underneath the truck, and I, I dealt the flames. At that point, I was worried about the whole truck burning up because it wasn't really anything else left to put the fire out with. I said, hey, what's in here? And he said, beer. It's all beer. So he started throwing cans out of the truck, and I would shake them up and stab them with my knife and start spraying on the brakes. There you go. Wow. Shotgunned beer onto a fire. That's what happened. And then I turned. Oh, I had. I had my wife turn down NASCAR on the radio because I couldn't hear him sending me new cans. I'm trying to shake them. Couldn't hear. Stabbing my knife. Uh, hey, knife is that Dale Pat? Never hand me another beer. Shake it up first. My knife went dull, so I used my wife's knife. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm just gonna drink this one real quick, and then I'll. You look dirty, nice. yeah, sure. I made, I made her hold like you one for the fire. fire. Two for me, one for the smoke. Uh. Well, I mean, the man's a hero, though. the The truck survived, and uh, there was oh. no problems. And he said he was certain the whole truck would have gone up if it weren't for the tall boys. Well, he saved a truckload, of course. Banquet. That you know, if that's not a hero, I don't know what is. Here, see if you guys can make sense. Good of beer this. too. Is it? What does he mean? We've got an unofficial shirt that says Defending the King on the back of it because we're in the shadow of the Budweiser Brewery. And the um, the beer that was in the back of this truck was Coors. What does that mean? Well, I don't know if you can tell, but I fancy myself a Coors man. And so since I saved the Coors in front of the King, we call me a Rocky Mountain legend. King Def- of beers. Defending, yeah, defending <laughs> the King? That's yeah. what he said? I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know either. Isn't Budweiser the king of beers or something? Yeah. So why I don't get the defending the king. Right. That part doesn't quite make sense. Defending in front of the king. Can you imagine on Cafe Press, you ordered 8,000 of these shirts and they don't make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine how long we're spending analyzing this? Yeah. (laughs) It's slow news week. What'd he do wrong? Maybe he was talking about the the Egyptian guy. It's for the king. (laughs) Right. So, uh, 
Anyway. All right. Well, thanks, man. You you, you, you save you save lives and you you spent beers, but yeah, good for you. Yeah, good times. All, All right. right, that's the news. Yeah, brought to you by uh, our friends at homebrewstuff.com who are currently celebrating lager season. Go to homebrewstuff.com and if you're uh, if you're real crazy, slash promotions and brew your first lager or continue brewing if you're already a lager brewer. Yes. Homebrewstuff.com. Yeah, check it out. If you go to homebrewstuff.com slash promotions, uh, we've we've dubbed lager season over here at Homebrew Stuff. It is lager season. It's a perfect time for you to be brewing some lagers. And what Homebrew Stuff has done is given you a whole bunch of kits. Uh, they got their Shogun lager on sale, uh, their Czech Pilsner on sale, Vienna lager, which I'm a fan of, and I feel like people don't brew enough. Nope. Such a good beer. I love a good Vienna lager. Uh, they got their Vienna lager kit on sale over there. All kinds of White Labs yeast on sale. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six different strains of White Labs uh, lager yeast on sale over there. Uh, and then also fermentation and yeast culture equipment. If you're going to lager some stuff, you might need a little fermentation control. If you're in the states that are freezing their ass off right now, which is craziness in the news, I don't know if you've seen that, then you might need a, a one of them firm wrap blankets or anything to, to kind of warm the beer up. If you're in one of the warmer states, maybe you got to cool it down. But they got your lager equipment, fermentation control for sale over there. Go to homebrewstuff.com, our good friends over there. Uh, lager season, all month long. Lots of shit on sale. Check it out. Um, I have an update on our Egyptian tomb. Okay. Okay. So, have you spent this whole time researching? Yes, yeah. I have. <laughs> the owner of the tomb, blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> the guy, so what happened, they they discovered a tomb uh, of, of like you, all the news outlets are saying, the brewer of the dead. Not in fact true. It was the chief brewer of the temple of Mutt. So within this tunnel, within this temple, um, this guy who was the chief brewer had his own little tomb okay so that makes sense to me yes that and makes sense now do you see why i'm questioning the other bullshit but it's, because it's bullshit. yes but for the wrong reason not because of, okay. not because of the science but because of the way the story was reported well right. that's fine and this is and from I'll, sciencedaily.com but but the, it says slippery it happens with the scientists too i'm not saying it doesn't but yeah. i just don't wholesale go oh whatever right. and i was just giving you a lot of shit because you were that's fine yeah. i actually like that i'm semi-validated. <laughs> That's all I need. We're both right. Because it just sounded ridiculous, yet we read these things, and because it came from a, a, a scientist or historian yeah. with a degree, we go, oh, well, shit. I guess I should have known there was a, a, a god of the beer dead. So this makes me feel better. Story. It is a feel-good science Of course story. there's a temple brewer. The guy had to brew beer for the people. Right. That makes sense. They but drink it's, beer it's, just like us. It sounds like it was one of like, the, few, the few places that people have found of this i see that's when i guess that's why it's getting a lot of press also it's a really slow news day <laughs> <laughs> right well right. I, I translated the hieroglyphics wrong so forgive me <laughs> oh we have a guy on the phone who wants to answer the dead beer maker guy thing too um that blind guy what's up hey there guys how's it going it's gone well mm-hmm. what do you got for us well listen i i'm not an egyptologist i i played one on tv good but uh, hang up on him. This uh, fucknut there was probably, and as you know, pharaohs were considered the gods on Earth. Okay. So fucknut was probably the beer maker for uh, whoever the dude was. He was buried beneath. Oh well, that's and yeah, that's Egypt, what, yeah, that's what. And by the way, it's Nuck Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like his name better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so JP found the, the story that clarified. Yes, he was just the brewer at the temple. He wasn't some like brewer the of, dude. of the dead. Yeah, God. Well, no. They, yeah. See what they would have. What he probably did was brewed for the celebration of that pharaoh's funeral. 
because what they do is they only tell stories in higher books of their greatest accomplishment. Okay. So he probably brewed the beer for that accomplishment, and that's what that thing was about. And hey, JP. What? Man, good luck, dude. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah. Are they doing? Uh, are they doing chemo on you? No, no, no chemo. They're just taking it all out and then radioactive iodine. After. Okay, man. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, best wishes, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks, blind guy. Okay. Cheers. All right, later. Could be worse. Could be blind. Did blind guy see if he has a? Uh, <laughs> he was being nice to you, dude. <laughs> I know. He's trying. Oh man. Did blind guy say if he had a postgraduate degree? <clears throat> he didn't say. Oh well, then. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm not an Egyptologist. Cut him off. He's done. (laughs) I will say this. That redneck made a lot more sense than I did. I'll give him that. (laughs) And the scientists that contributed to this stupid story. They don't have to take your balls out, do they, JP? No. Why? I don't know. I'm just curious. Why would they? I, I, I thought about, you know, being that douche that writes all over my body. Don't cut into here. And then <laughs> yeah. circle, like, cut the here. Area. Yeah. Oh, we could help you with that. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but Moscow's an artist. Oh, shizzle. He could. <laughs> That'd be good. He could artisticize your body. Oh, for sure. I got a big collection of Marks, a lots, and Sharpies. I'm nice. All over <laughs> yeah, you're all over me. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Homebrewer of the Week and our Sapco Happy Hour. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmasters Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today 
Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... Egyptian brewers. <laughs> Whatever. Bunch of bullshit. I don't think I can. I have a communications degree from San Francisco State University. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Part of that degree was at Diablo Valley College in Concord, California. So I again, a highly know what prestigious I'm accredited about. school. Tasty. I didn't know. Did a lot of people transfer from? To go to other places. I know the girls are easy to go there. Oh, there are some good-looking <laughs> girls at the DVC, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we go. That's why I spent seven years there before I transferred to a... <laughs> why leave? <laughs> otherwise accredited. They're stupider here. Yes. All right. Well, it's time for uh, our Homebrewer of the Week segment. That's right. It's our Logic Homebrewer of the Week. It's time for your close-up. Now, the BN Homebrewer Spotlight, brought to you by Logic. All right, today we're talking to Mr. Evan Burke. Uh, Evan Burke. Uh, by the way, we know Evan Burke, yeah, just for him. full disclosure. He's a good dude. And every time I go to go to Seattle, uh, the guy shows me what's what around the beer scene over there. Evan, welcome to the show, man. Hello. It's nice to have you on here. It's nice to be here. Evan, he's a, uh, a professional fisher man. Right. Guy now. Yep. Yet mm-hmm. uh, still an avid home brewer. I will point out, Evan, as you know, I would I, I like to do often. Uh, super hot wife. Total douche with a super hot wife. Yeah, ugly. I remember her. How yeah. did that? He's the guy who you go, wait a second. How did that happen? Trust my baby. That's who, that he's he's <laughs> he got to be trusted. Right? That's not very nice. No, but it's accurate. Giant <laughs> penis. He must have a penis the size Huge. of the that. What's that needle in Seattle? The space the space needle. needle. His penis is at I don't least even that. Live in Seattle. It was more girth. You just compared his huge wiener to a needle. 
<laughs> but it's a really big needle. Hell yeah. I'm telling you, man. It's just something about the beer world, making beer. You get good-looking women. Yeah. She didn't mm. leave you yet, right, Evan? I'm not overstepping. I'm, I want to... No, no, we're... Yeah, yeah she's, she's hanging out. Okay, good. That would have been awkward, huh, guys? So how about that? Yeah, she left. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, her name is now Russ. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, Evan. Well, tell us about yourself, because I know you've been homebrewed for a long time. Uh, well, not as long as a lot of people, I guess. Um, okay. Don't do I, I think it's more of a unique story because I actually started in a professional setting and kind of worked backwards to homebrewing from there. I didn't know that. Yeah, you did. Tell me that story. We've, we've had this discussion. Yeah, I don't listen. <laughs> Tell were, me again. Were we drinking at the time? <laughs> for, for radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was uh, living in Orlando, Florida for a couple of years, and a brewery was opening up there and got to know the head brewer, and he brought me in and just started kind of letting me be the brewery bitch, and I shoveled out mash tons and clean tanks and eventually ended up learning how to brew from him. And then, uh, you know, after a little while, I ended up going in, uh, doing it at home and setting up my own kind of building my own tiered system and and uh, going from there and that was 2004 I think that all happened okay so what made 10 you years look, ago what made you look for a gig at a brewery if you weren't a beer guy oh I was I mean I was into drinking craft beer and I was just I was just getting into craft beer at the time and saw that there was a brewery opening up and it seemed like a cool thing to go check out and talk to the brewer because he was hanging out drinking at the bar and he told me to come in and see how it all worked the next day and that's what i did nice do you have the same brew system now as you built then no um when i ended up i ended up moving back to washington from florida and got rid of all my stuff and ended up living in apartments for a couple years and um i actually put together a like a small apartment brewery that worked on this really small deck that i had that was about probably four feet wide by four feet and wow brewed six gallons on that somehow uh, it was a lot of precarious clamping things to the railings and, and stuff like that and actually setting my, my mash ton up on the railing to to do the runoff. And if I would have done one wrong move, it would have went down three stories. <laughs> Look out below. <laughs> yeah. now, now, why did you do that? Was that just to be able to, to brew all grain? Because most people with those yeah. space constraints would just do it in their kitchen. I guess not would, all grain. But I've still to this date never actually brewed with extract because that's not how I learned. I see. So, it's it's what I knew, and that's what I've always known. And you had an extra um, kind of space there, that's for sure. Yeah, and so um, a- after I moved back to Washington, I, I moved back here with a a a, uh, a job at one of the uh, the bigger breweries in town, uh, one of the more well known breweries, and uh, was hired on as the assistant brewer because um, I had been at the Orlando Brewing thing for for a while and and been homebrewing for a while, and brought on as the uh, the assistant brewer at this brewery and. Came in for basically the first day of work and was told that the assistant brewer they were going to be letting go. They had, they had, they basically they were, they, they didn't have the balls to fire him yet. <laughs> they felt bad and something went on in the guy's life. And so they're like, well, you can just work the bottling line, you know, for a couple of weeks while we work that out. And like the second day, I ended up hurting myself on the bottling line and pretty much couldn't work anymore. Oh, man. So got a cellaring job at another bigger brewery in town and was a cellarman, filterman, and brewer's assistant there for a while before I finally decided that production brewing sucked ass and I liked home brewing better. So it just wasn't the you know, the creative style of brewing that you liked? No, production brewing sucked. $11, $11 an hour sucked. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, just just moved on, and now I'm I'm just just home brewing and actually enjoying it. How often do you homebrew now? Uh, usually about every two or three weeks. Nice. Uh, it's been a little less recently because this time of year I'm traveling a lot. So um, I, I've got a couple loggers going right now, and I got a, a tap system that I built in my garage. So I'm keeping it. This is the it is logger season, so I'm keeping full of loggers. Beautiful. And tell us about your your homebrew setup now. How many gallons are you brewing? Uh, just six. Uh, I've got a, a six-gallon, basically, batch barge set up. I, I've had the pumps and the automated systems and all the fun stuff and finally decided that I kind of enjoyed the uh, manual labor side of brewing at home. So I've just got a crappy mash tun made out of a, an igloo, or not igloo cooler, but just like a Coleman cooler and uh, um, just using like the the toilet hose thing and that, the mesh, the mesh hose and a uh, 10-gallon brew kettle and the Bayou Classic Burner, um, just just super basic. And then I did build myself a nice tap box out of a out of a, a, a freezer. And so I've got a nice tap system. But I kind of like the the simple Denny Con kind of uh, school of brewing, you know, batch sparging, manual labor type. I, I dig that. So a couple of things. Do me a favor. Don't don't call any. Don't use any in, in describing any of your brewing equipment from here to four. Don't use the word toilet. <laughs> in the in the process i just think i don't know it might help uh you know when you're trying to share beer uh second of all mm. uh what is it that you like about the more labor in, in, intensive part and i mean this honestly like do you do you like that it takes a little longer and you're a little more involved yeah you know tell me that yeah I, it, it's more i don't know i feel more crafty that way I, I i i think it comes from my my final brewing job that i had was a lot of button pushing and and it was an automated big automated system where yeah really the only way to fuck up was to was to turn the wrong the wrong valve somewhere um right otherwise you had computers and and things like that doing anything and i think after that experience where it just that wasn't brewing to me um i i just i like to do everything myself and feel like the the final product is something that i actually crafted up and and not a machine if that makes sense. It does. I can relate to a little bit. I have a lot of automation stuff on my system, but... Like yeah, if, that's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just No, no, and I don't I'm mean weird. that. But what I mean to say is it, th- there are probably ways I could shorten my brew day because of that, but I'm not looking mm-hmm. to do that. If my brew day takes me seven or eight hours, I actually really don't mind. I like the kind yeah. of slow... I'm never really looking to speed it up. I may be looking right. to cut and corners. and I'm in the same boat where, I mean, my home office where I do, where I mean, where I work day to day is right next to my garage. So, I mean, I can brew while I'm at work, basically. So, that's I mean, nice. saving time on a weekend or in an evening isn't really, it's not really a priority. If I, if I have a day where I have time to brew, I can start it. I mean, I can, I have time to do two or three brews if I really felt like it. You know, it's, it's, it's very just nice. not, not really, time's not really an issue. If you're not catching fish, fuck it. Not that day. I like it. Yeah. What's the last beer that you brewed? Uh, it's one I just finished drinking a glass of here because um, I haven't brewed in a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't really know what to call it because uh, I basically took my Doppelbach recipe and added chocolate malt and carafa and basically made a uh, like an imperial Schwartz beer. Bach just call thing. it an IPA, dude. Everyone else <laughs> yeah, does. It's, it's a Belgian. A, yeah. It's a black lager IPA. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah. How'd it come out? Yeah fucking great nice i love it i really want to do it again it actually yeah, sounds like a really interesting combination yeah i i, I started i was like this is ha- this has got to be a style and the closest thing i could come up with is a baltic porter but it's different than that i mean it's it's a doppelbach but it's got that nice little schwartz beer roastiness to it so 
I've always been a big fan of, of Schwartz beers and, and like Munich Dunkel type beers. So it just seemed like a, a cool way to do a variation on something like that. Just more, I don't know, the, the imperial yeah. style. But I don't know. It has more of a flavor of a Bach, though. You know, I use the German Bach yeast and the base beer is still a Bach and you can you can taste that. But that, that roastiness definitely adds another nice dimension and kind of reminiscent of a big Schwartz beer. Did you decoction mash? No. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Time's not an issue, but I, I do have. <laughs> but <limits>. effort is. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm never doing a decoction. Man. You got to draw yeah, the line I, somewhere. I, just, man. I don't know. I, I like the final product without it, so fuck it. Now listen, I it. said I don't mind spending a lot of time. Effort is right. a completely other thing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I also. I mean, even me liking the manual labor and the no time constraints. I, I have my limits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't? Mm. You? Yeah. Would you ever want to be a pro again in a different capacity? Like, would you want to own your own brewery or something? No, I, I like my job right now. <laughs> I guess you would. You literally fish for a living, right? I do. And I don't mean like yeah. the poor guy has to sit out on a boat, like pulling in nets that are hundreds of pounds of fish. I mean, he like walks out to the river with a fishing pole and fishes. That's uh, it. Yeah, and collect a paycheck. I don't understand. Who's paying you? <laughs> the fishing um, reel. Well, people i'm the staff pro product development manager brand manager of a fly fishing company so i, I got to know invented shit. my position yeah <laughs> huh so in order to sell it evan's got to go figure it out first sure right by himself That's... on a river in washington right over and over again <laughs> it's pretty rad <laughs> you'd think at some point it would be just like that's just what it is yeah like you, mm-hmm. you you threat you you put the 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 line on the reel and you cast it jp it's, yeah jp what i Job security. Yeah, can we can keep <laughs> it down, buddy? The guys figured it out. Sorry. Dude, you ever get a burger? I mean, all that fish. Jesus. I mean, every time, Tasty, I, th- I feel like I've I've figured it out. I, I've created the dream job. Yeah, and somebody else does it. I think of Evan. your deal. <laughs> and I go, fuck. Fishing? <laughs> I screwed this up. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my job. And I'm I, even a uh, side job as a podcaster now myself. So. Oh, is that right? Are you doing a fishing podcast? It's a beautiful yeah. Podcast. We just posted our first show a couple days ago and had 500 downloads in two days, so we're doing all right so far. Oh, that's awesome. Promise me it's not like watching fishing on ESPN. (laughs) Are you tasting fish? Basically, you you don't think I've been listening to this show for eight years and haven't copied you guys? Come on. (laughs) God, I hope so. I even hired Push to do all my my intro segments. Nice. We know how to go for the pro. Hang on. Let me do my... Is he stealing him or some other way? That, he better not. Our lawyers might be calling your lawyers. That's right. T- tonight. <laughs> let me let me do my impression of a fishing podcast. All right. Well, here we are. We're out at the river. I've uh, I've just casted my line. And uh, casted. We're just gonna wait. <laughs> it's five a.m. The sun uh, has not come up yet. Sounds like Bruce Strong already. There's a, <laughs> there's a slight ripple across the water. You sound like a PBS show. uh, You know, we're just... This is the part where we... You know, we're just waiting... It's just, uh, it's just good to be out. If I could, if I, yeah, you have yeah. to throw those in. You sound like it's a great day to be out. It's just, a, it's a great day to be. Uh, I can just see the tip of my uh, bobbing thing out there right now. It's bobbing. You sound like that guy with the afro that paints. <laughs> yeah, Bob Ross. Ha- oh yeah, him. Happy little fly. <laughs> and uh, anyway, just hang in there. You know, I've I've never come out and not caught something. So any minute now. I, and, I do say that. Any minute you do say that, don't you? Any, and there, oh, there's a little, there's a... Nope, no, nope, someone threw a rock. Nope, nope, that was uh, 
Little, that was the current. Just a neighbor kid fucking with me. And, uh, oh, there's a little chill in the air today. Do you feel that? Ooh. It's just uh, slightly cool. It's, it's taken a while. We haven't caught anything yet. They were, they were bringing in bananas today or something? <laughs> yeah. Something's wrong. Um, I'm, I'm really low energy. I feel like I, I probably shouldn't. I need probably, a cliff bar. You probably got to take a shit. So don't <laughs> I feel. There's not a bath. <laughs> yeah. Now, I just want you to know it's not, it's not okay to shit in the river anymore. No. They changed that law last year. Uh, After all, we <laughs> are fucking environmentalists. Yeah, and jumping in and trying to do that does not work. Ask me how I know. You know, had I done this Doesn't podcast work. last year, you wouldn't have to listen to me clinching my butthole for the next hour <laughs> because it used to be allowed. But uh, no, just oh, no, good. I got it under control. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It would help with the w- wiping part, though, I think. Yeah. I'm sure it's much better than that. Yeah, not much. <laughs> well, the production's you're, better. You were pretty. So pretty uh, how do we get to this podcast? Uh, yeah, where do we go? How can, how can I be number 501? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's called The Open Fly. Openflypodcast.com. You have learned from our show. Well done, sir. He's got yes. push. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder how. Good name. Uh, you know, are the fly fishing people the most technologically savvy? You know that they figure out how to download podcasts. Well, five hundred of them did. Wow. Well, Do you have a fish grenade? Know. I think yes. Actually, you have a fish grenade. Great. <laughs> yeah. You know, in all seriousness, the technology that goes into fishing now it probably would blow your mind. It would. So I'm sure yeah. they're very tech savvy to get a little podcast about it. I, I downplay my my job and all that, but yeah, there's a lot of technology involved yeah look no, at all that time I, you spend fishing how boring it is i mean you need a podcast for that that's right, right. Yeah, a podcast in homebrew do you, do you drink your homebrew exactly. while you fish well yeah uh not really while i fish but i do it while we podcast huh. there you go i don't know usually i'm rowing a 17 foot aluminum boat through class three rapids and that doesn't really <laughs> mix well no with, excuse yeah. we're, we're one of those cam- camelbacks <laughs> with the the pipe you keep in your mouth you know right. that's what it's called right yeah. the camelback yeah yeah there you go I don't, I don't have one. that's racist by the way evan this thing's it gonna is. take off you better plan for the future be careful yeah you might be opening a restaurant called a fish grenade or something spend sure. more time talking about <laughs> spend more time talking about clenching in your shits i bet you but you're supposed to be yeah. talking about homebrew what how do we get the sidetrack what are you doing on this show by the way i forget <laughs> homebrew's I boring <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about all right ladies and gentlemen ever boring of a homebrewer our homebrewer of the week uh thanks for sharing with us man i appreciate it you're welcome all right brother we'll talk to you soon later there yes. you go that's evan uh and the homebrewer of the week is brought to you by the good folks over at sabco no that's, that's right that's logic oh that's logic Sabco's the next one Oh, yeah. damn it. That's all right. This is uh, uh, the uh, best uh, cleaning products on the market. They're non-toxic, biodegradable, and non-corrosive. The straight A and the one step, they're just the best two products out there. Go to EcologicCleansers.com. Check them out. Perfect. The good news is I'm ready for our next segment. Brought to you by Logic. <laughs> Logic. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you uh, by Sabco. I do believe. I got to call our guy up, though. This is my favorite uh, new segment that we do. It's our happy hour segment where I get to learn about people who screw up Almost as much as I do. Doesn't always work out that way, but it's very close. Sometimes. Hey, Sean, hang in there one second, will you? Hello? (laughs) Hey, buddy. Sean, hang in there one sec. He's from Japan? Yeah, that's 
right. Happy Hour is brought to you today by Sabco, maker of the Brew Magic Brewing System. And now, let's see who f***ed up this week. That's right. It's our boy, Sean Martin. Hey, Sean. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry for the delay. I hope you're not too drunk by now. Working on it. Good man. What have you been drinking? A handful of stuff. Working on a bourbon barrel-aged Hellesbach right now. Hellesbach. A bourbon yes. barrel-aged Hellesbach. Yeah, J- let that JP. sink in for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, i got to think about that one. You just pulled that one out, huh? Of your ass, I meant. I figured it was the night for it. Yeah. All right. So tell us about your disaster. What happened? Give me the full rundown. Well, I was born. Yeah. So it was a couple of years ago. It was a pretty big disaster, almost turned real violent. Uh, violent was, like 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 I am violent or violent? No, like, like real violent. Oh. All right. Carry on. <laughs> uh, so I just finished up a big, you know, home brewing week. I'd done three, four or five brews that week. I had a handful of carboys and a makeshift fermentation thing that I made out of a liquid malt extract container in this fridge that I had modified to be a fermentation fridge. So I had a temperature control unit on it. Anyway, so I finished up with what I thought was going to be a great brew day. And, you know, I was moderately fucked up when I went to bed, but thought everything went well. And then about midway through the night, I heard a crash, like someone was breaking down my door. Oh, no. So, you know, like, like any normal, logical person would do, grabbed my gun and my flashlight, started searching my house. <laughs> right. Trying to find who is, you know, breaking in, trying to steal whatever I don't have. And uh, so I, I made my rounds around the house, couldn't figure out what it was. And then it dawned on me. Maybe something fell out of my fridge in the garage and broke, or maybe someone was, you know, trying to steal my homebrew, which, you know, seems seems reasonable because it's pretty good. Yeah, but, in the middle of the night, you're in your underwear. That seems totally reasonable. No, I'm completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> I got my gun and my gun. <laughs> right, right. I will shoot you with one of them. Yeah. And so I'm. I run out to the garage and I see that my six-gallon carboy is on the ground, shattered. I've got two more carboys, like, just pouring beer out on my garage floor. My 10-gallon thing is just dumping beer. I've got wait, probably... Wait, wait, they, they just, they fell out of the refrigerator? Something must have shifted in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, he lives on a boat. You didn't play that? <laughs> yeah, like- out of the refrigerator. Yeah. Were they on a shelf and the shelf collapsed or something? I'm there was a shelf in the back. So there's two carboys in the back, like over the little compressor hump in the fridge. Okay. And then a carboy and the 10-gallon thing in the front. And it was kind of precarious, and I knew that. <laughs> but you're like me, and you're like, 
Ah, it'll be fine. Ah, fuck it, it'll be great. Well, yeah, the gods you, are with me. When you close the door, it, it's supposed to hold everything in, right? Yeah, it's oh, got yeah. that magnetic nice strip theater. all the way around. Yeah, like it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. So, so it wasn't cool. And so I walk out there, and so now I'm pointing my gun straight at Which one? the thing that makes <laughs> me the most pissed in the world right now. His wiener. The refrigerator. <laughs> No, that makes me the most happy. Come on, man. Yeah. So you're pointing at the fridge. Your gun. You're pointing a gun at the fridge. And I'm I'm like shaking, mad. I'm I'm so upset. Yeah. Hey, hang on. I'm going to give you Steve's number offline here because. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Gary. Yeah, he works for free. Oh I, man. Listen, I understand this moment that you're going through. You're fucking furious. You spent all your time on this, and you're looking at it on the floor, and there's nothing you can do about it. But there's a gun in your hand, yeah. and somehow <laughs> evil in the room. The only it, thing I really want to do is like unload sixteen rounds into this fridge. Right? Yes, I understand this feeling. That's not illegal. I know court, that by the way. I live in the city, so I'm probably going to get arrested if I do this. That but you know, I'm, I'm still kind of half cocked from a home brewing day, right? So you held back. Well, I'm I'm kind of confused. <laughs> I mean, I right, shoot it right now. Or no, then? I shouldn't. But right. I know I want to. Right. And, and I'm just blindly enraged. And so my wife comes downstairs and... You shot her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she had her gun. Imagine if I was right and he's like, She's uh, got a bigger gun. Awkward. <laughs> right in the... So she comes downstairs and she sees me and she realizes what has happened. And so she starts like trying to talk me down like, Hey, it's okay. Put down the it. It's not worth going to jail. Just put the gun down. <laughs> wow. Benjamin talked off the ledge about by your wife about a broken car boy. Yeah, this is the and weirdest think- talk down session ever. You While you naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While naked. Yeah. Right. Uh, he is was, she, he is, was she up. is she naked too at this point? I, I believe she had the good sense to grab a robe. <laughs> right. But she didn't tie it. It was just open. <laughs> She's like, I better calm this guy down. No, yeah. The only way I know how. <laughs> careful, <laughs> careful. Okay. Carry on. What? She was she was singing to you. Don't worry about it. Don't get so jumpy. So does she talk you off the ledge? Shoot her. <laughs> you fill that thing full of She does. I, I didn't end up going to jail. I didn't end up unloading anything, but I was just so irate that it was... Now, let me ask you this. Did you find another way to release the anger, or did you just go to yeah, bed? Was t- and I'm was not t- insinuating anything. I just really want to... Well, like, here's what happened. You were furious. Yeah. You bottled it up. Did you ever let it out? I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah, he didn't get to unload, is what he said. I feel like he, Anything. I feel like you got to let it out. I think if I was his wife, I wouldn't have come down and talked him down. I'd have been like... Fucking shoot it. Fuck it. Shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it out, buddy. You're going to be fine. Get the poison out. And when the cops come, just say you don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I blacked out. It works every time. <laughs> Fairly. Say you didn't know it was illegal and you were just and doing it because you were a fun. fan of the refrigerator. Yeah, you were having fun. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. So what happened? I, so I rebrewed it. The, the weapons were taken from me, which was a good call. And uh, I stayed up and... Drank pretty much everything I had in the house that evening. Oh, you did? You couldn't go to bed after that? Oh, no. I'm so furious. Oh, yeah. The adrenaline's (laughs) going. You can't fall asleep. Stayed up drinking. 
Can you imagine what happens when he runs out of gas? Or like, <laughs> yes. like drops a fork down the garbage disposal? Ask me how I know. <laughs> I know exactly what happens. Oh, man. She just stayed up drinking. Yeah, that a boy. What would you do? Ask the wife for a handy. Well, back then, I would have done exactly the same thing you did. I was... But now... 20, I would have shot the shit out of it. I'll shoot it tonight. I would have done. How old are you now? How long ago was this? Uh, this was this was a couple of years back. I'm 28 now. Oh, he's grown up. Yeah, he's matured, man. Leave alone. <laughs> he's still like still got that loaded nine millimeter next to your bed. No, I've upgraded. Yeah, I was going to say now it's the <laughs> yeah. 45. I bet. I said I'm older, right? I know I got to put big holes in people. Yeah, nines won't do anything. They'll just make you mad. Did you did you lose every single drop of beer, or were you able to put the ones? I that did were... salvage some of the beer, and surprisingly, it it was actually not too messed up. That, wait, how did you salvage it? Because he he's saying one of the carboys broke, but oh. then the other two were just kind of had fallen onto their side. Is that right? Yeah the the carboys were they were a waste. Obviously, the broken one was broken. The Two that were on their side, oh. you know, they dumped almost everything. The ten gallon makeshift redneck fermenter thing that I created, yeah, it saved almost five gallons by the time I uprighted it, and it it had a doppelbock in it that actually turned out pretty nice. Success. Yeah, one for five ain't bad. <laughs> Story of my life, Sean. <laughs> one for five ain't bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, could have been worse. Could have been worse. Well, this is a good story. Um, I do wish it had ended in gunshots, but that's because I'm a masochist, man. Your wife's a, a smart lady, and I'm glad you got talked off the ledge. <laughs> well done, sir. Or not so well done, but you get the idea. Sorry about your beer. Yeah, that's it's a yeah, tragedy. Yeah, we all are. Thank you. Have you broken a carboy uh, since? I mean, even you know, just carrying it or anything. Any oh, I've, I've broken so many carboys, man. Okay, yeah. Do you still do you still uh, ferment in glass carboys? I do like the better bottles. I do. Yeah. The only thing is you can't heat them. So. Heat them. Heat. Uh, I. Oh, like some, you heat the top to sanitize it? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or fill it yeah. with, you know, some boiling water or hot constant. If you've got a really bad chromosome line. It'll, it'll warp if you. I got you. I have a bad chromosome. No, we were talking about putting carboys right on the stove, you know. It's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what right, you, you guys cook your beer in? Well, the reason I I don't have anything against glass carboys, but the reason I ask is that a lot of times, if you've broken, most people you talk to, if they've broken one glass carboy, they're out. Oh, that's it. They're huh? so scared to death because of the way they break. There's just shards of glass they're everywhere. Dangerous. That man. People just oh, are God, like, oh, once I saw, until I had the glass cleaned up. They're like, I saw it once. I'm out. No more glass for yeah. me. Oh wow. So, so you you were discovering shards months after the fact. Oh yeah. It, it was like a bomb. Man. Well, he was naked, you know. So. <laughs> And that shit goes everywhere. <laughs> you know? I didn't even know I had this crease. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sean. Thanks for sharing with us, brother. I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing the misery. Of course. All right. Cheers, man. Good luck in your future endeavors. Uh, cheers. Yeah. Don't shoot anybody. Cheers, Sean. No promises. Bye. <laughs> there you go. That's Sean Martin, and our happy hour is brought to you by Sabco. Upgrade your equipment to the next level with a Brew Magic brewing system because better equipment will help you avoid brewing catastrophes like these. Brewmagic.com. That and a nine millimeter.
will help 45. you avoid <laughs> codes in the chat. He goes, this person doesn't need a handgun. Just, <laughs> just clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> that's the answer. Just clean, yeah. clean it up. See, that's that's why I was making a point of his anger issues. He's right. got anger issues. Yes. I mean, they're there. I'm so mad at this inanimate object, I'm going to drink every last drop of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of the night. All right, it's either Stu Burbank or Stu from Burbank is on the line. It's the Stu from Burbank. Sorry. I like Stu Burbank. The Burbank. (laughs) The Stu from Burbank has a brewing question. What's happening, Stu? How's it going, guys? Um, I have kind of a weird question for you. All right. And I just wanted to be lazy and not go to the forums or anything like that. That's cool. I get those emails every But uh, I have about... 50 bottles of this kind of fucked up Belgian blonde that was brewed maybe a year ago. And it's carbonated, they're all capped, but the beer I'm certain got infected. And I think it was with like a random like pediococcus like bacteria, because it got ropey, it did the whole thing. And I tried a couple about a month ago, and it tasted like green apples, kind of sour and really buttery. And all those flavors together kind of made it really nasty and fucked up. My question was, is because it's already carbonated, if you guys thought it would be worth it to maybe dump it somehow or something and pitch some, like, Brett into it? I've never made a sour beer, so I honestly wasn't sure, but 50 bottles, I don't know, I wasn't ready to dump them out yet. Dude, you got three issues going on. <laughs> I wish you could see the look on Nate's face right now, Stu. He's, he's like, grinding <laughs> okay. his teeth. I'm just thinking, like, you could... I've had that half a thought before when I've had a batch that was messed up. Probably just cut your losses and, and move on. I mean, if you really wanted to experiment with it and just to see what would happen and you wouldn't mind throwing a vial's worth of Brett on it and wasting that money, potentially you could try and put it in back in a fermenter or a keg or something and, and send Brett in after it. But it sounds like it's got enough diacetyl, enough acetaldehyde, <laughs> and other off flavors that it might not be able to mop that up. If even if you did try to get the to get the Brett active first, because it's got a tough job ahead of it. But the Brett's not so, going to. I mean, it'll well, eat the diacetyl. Yeah, Brett can chew through diacetyl, but if there's enough of it, I read, but I've, I've I've never made a sour beer, and this was kind of the only infected batch I got. Okay. But it definitely got like sick for a few months. It was really thick. I cracked a couple test bottles, and that's what made me think it was like a pedio strain that got it. But I have no fucking clue. I don't know. I just I wanted to see if there was any way to salvage it. And my real concern was that it's already carbonated, if that would kind of well, screw everything up. Cause do you like the flavors otherwise? That expensive, I don't think. Do you like the flavors otherwise? Uh, or is there a lot of nail polish and, and other types of maybe funky, nasty alcohols there, too? Um, no, I mean, the, the, the butteriness and stuff is what really got me. Because underneath it, it was like, it was okay. The green apple and the tartness and the sourness could have been good. And I've never I've never used Brett before, so I wasn't sure if, <laughs> if I threw that in there, if it would really clean up that kind of diacetyl flavor or even give it a shot. If it's not worth it, that's kind of what I'm looking for. It's just, I don't know, I guess advice. Without it's- tasting it. It sounds like it's not worth it. You're going to go through some expense and okay. some effort, and you might end up disappointed oh. in the end anyway. Tasty, you got something well, it depends else? Depends on the effort. I mean, uh, is it 12 ounce bottles? Um, most of them are 22s. Okay. I've got about a case of 12 ounce and a case of 22s. Okay. Maybe so, a how would you even do like it, Tasty? Well, you just get, get yourself a Brett mixture together and then pop the cap 
inject each bottle. What about it, 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 there's no worry of then then exploding? Exploding. But it's very. Yeah, you, well, you've you just released all the pressure that's already built up. That's true too. Okay. Uh, is there? You say they're getting ropey. Uh, any sign of a pellicle in the bottles? Um. Yeah, it's hard to say. It got a ring around the top, uh-huh. yeah. but everything's fallen out. It's clear now. So now it's clear. Um, it's okay. definitely got ropey. It got thick. It was kind of funky. Now you can go as far as to uh, even remove some of the beer. Open them up, pour an ounce out, add maybe an equivalent amount of uh, of a Brett concoction, and then uh, cap it back up. But what if he were to huh. dump all of the bottles into a, a carboy What's and then the pinch the bread in there? Okay, what would be the, and then put it back? He would just knock out the carbonation. Well, he, and he'd avoid bottle bombs. Do you think it's going to yeah. add that much carbonation to it? It's already carbonated. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I don't I think mean, there's enough there for it to eat. But without knowing, without tasting it and, and getting a sense for that, it's but to potentially you could have 50 explosions. Bombs. Well, Does I guess that's to? the downside. Does he have to put a cap on them? <laughs> it's the downside. Yeah, you don't, don't put them in the, in your bathtub or in the don't, refrigerator. Don't leave them with my women or children. <laughs> he already had so much... Uh, microbiological activity in these bottles they may have There's nothing left they may you? have a lot of co2 built up in them quite a bit do they gush they, when you they open are, them yeah they are pretty carbonated yeah I, I have no idea i'm not like a pro but i'd say like 3.5 almost four volumes like the bottles are being pushed to the limits but none oh. of them have exploded right. after i say call it a day sure. call it a day if you were gonna do call it a day, dump that shit if yeah, you were dude. gonna do it put them somewhere that nothing will be affected if they explode Wear safety glasses when you go near them. I mean, there's a number of. I just. Wor- I know yeah. what JP's getting at. He's worrying for your well-being. Keep your gun in a locked case. And uh, and the re- the potential result, I feel like, is a mediocre sour beer at best. Correct. Is what the result is. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's not worth it. Right. We'll eat some of that diacetyl, but it, you know, it's not going to eat all of it. And then you have it won't that, take it all out. Well, and then you have the green apple nonsense going on. It it does. I mean, from what, from the stuff that I've read, it doesn't take everything out. But it will clean up a beer. I yeah. mean, if it gets it'll, rid of the diacetyl, it'll take some of it, but it won't like take it all out. No, no, right. And then you have and you have the acetaldehyde, like the the sour apple that you're talking about. That so, may not go mm-hmm. away. I think you have. I think that's what I'm saying. I think you have three separate issues here that one fix won't change everything. Just dump it and do it again. That's exactly what I like to hear. That yeah. that was the answer I wanted. Was if it's worth it or not? And it sounds like it's completely not worth the effort. Yes, yeah, uh, bury one bottle in the backyard and open it up in about a couple of years. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, if it's stellar, if it's stellar, call us back. Yeah, we won't be here, so don't worry about. it. Now I like that taste. You're right. Save a bottle. Maybe By save all one means, or two. Save a couple yeah. bottles and forget about them. You, you never, never know. know. You know. But don't fuck with 50. Okay, I'll set. I'll set maybe a six pack aside. Hey, before I let you guys go, um, or before you let me go, that is. I feel like I got mizzled out of Drunk of the Year. Probably. You guys canceled Drunk of the Week mid-year, and I was so sad about that. How many Drunk of the Week calls did we get from you up to that point? None. Uh, four, of oh. which I think I took three of. I oh, got three shit. Drunk of the Week medals, I think. Uh, you know, we yeah. might have mizzled you. It was a hard thing for us because we no, were like... Yeah, just, we still could have given the award last year, actually. Well, you know. here's what we thought. We were like, shit. Are we going to go back to only the first six months and figure out if we got a good amount of Drunk of the Week calls? And Because we canceled it after that. So we thought that Doc's lifetime achievement was better suited. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's good. My liver is probably better for it. <laughs> you didn't feel like you had to keep competing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Basically that. All right, anyway, well, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate the input. And get better, JP. Thank you. Thanks for the call, man. Cheers. I'll see you. Bye. Will you, though? 
There you go. That's the stew from Burbank. Stuberbank. <laughs> shut up. Stuberbank. I actually have a real Stuberbank. question. Oh shit. Um, Can you get why did shipping? He, shut up. Why did he? Uh, why did he have to cover the bottles? Because I vaguely recall halfway listening to one show. <laughs> yes. When we were interviewing a sour beer maker, and he fermented or did something with everything open. It so, was nothing was covered. So she's saying if she, if you popped all the the caps and then pitched your Brett, but never recapped, but never the, recapped uh, it. Oh, I see. Do you remember that show, or am I? No, no, that's a, a way. Retard? That is uh, a way to do things. Although you don't put an airlock in each bottle. Yeah, you I'm could. Where you're going? So, but you would need some form this, of covering. This might you couldn't actually just leave it open. be a smart question. <laughs> answer. Thank you. Got an answer. Not a question. Yeah. And and just to take it one step further. Yeah. Because I'm poor and ghetto. Could you put like saran wrap over the top and just poke a couple holes in it? Oh, maybe you some wouldn't foil. even have to po- poke holes in it. You could put saran wrap over top. It would keep things from falling in, which is really all you're worried about. And it would vent just on its own without holes. I would use foil. The, the saran wrap might foil. be too tight. But then back to my original question: yeah. Why did this other place do it without putting anything over the well, top of there? Because you're thinking of a couple different things. One, you're thinking of of large fermentation tanks. These are yes, bottles. It is a sterile air environment. So you can't do that. Second of all. There's what are you worried about falling in? <laughs> it's already it's already it's already there's already crap. It in might it. help the beer. Well, it like might a, help well, the beer. A fly or something. I but mean, I know what you mean, but yeah. anything. That's we're why we cover. I, I guess what I mean yes. is we're not worried about stuff crawling up the bottle. You're worried about and dust underneath a cap and falling in. Yes, I've always been told, like by Doc, as long as you have something over top, we're only worried about stuff right. falling in. Yeah, that's what I meant. Right. So that's why I said the saran wrap's a good idea because. Nothing's going to crawl up underneath it. Yeah, in, in theory, it's a good idea, but yeah. but in practice, if you were going to dose fifty bottles, you need to recap them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess around with. I mean, you just recap them. Just recap it. Except that it solves the bottle bomb problem yeah, we're talking about. If we did, uh, if we did foil, like Tasty said, instead of saran wrap, mm-hmm. just foil them. No, no bombs at, at that point. It's well, it's a bit third but, fermentation, but, oxygen. Though. But there's nothing. There's nothing keeping the carbonation in. So eventually the beer is going to go flat, and then the, if the bread is actually eating any sugars, all that carbonation is just going to go out, and so you're going to end up with flat, flat yeah. beer that you have in a bottle that you can't do anything with. Which is better than shards of glass in your eye. <laughs> yeah, you could call is it, it ca- though. You could call it cask conditioned. It's still a little flat, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's cask. And send it off to camera. Yeah, it is my real ale. It's real, all right. <laughs> Shit gets real, ale. It's real. Yeah. Real. We should start our own agency over here protecting real. 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 What if you put the bottle caps on there, but then didn't clamp them? That's the same thing. Same, you achieve the yeah. same thing as the foil, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, here's what you do. Beer. Yeah, exactly. You do what everything. What if you had a cork and you put the <laughs> right. cork and a, and a little drill? drill. Yes. Yeah. You get all these tools and you get airlocks and you get foil and you get saran wrap and you get your safety glasses and you get a bottle opener and you open them all up and dump them and throw them in the recycle bin and move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what or you do. what if yeah. you learn how to brew and ah. you avoid this entirely? That is too easy. Right. Perfect. Way too easy. <coughs> More... All right, we got another brewing question. Archie from uh, Archie from Oregon's on the line. Archie, what's happening? Archie, hey, thanks for taking my call. Great show as always. Thanks, brother. What you got? Hey, I wasn't gonna call, but since you guys spent twenty minutes talking about like <laughs> rotten beer and how to save it, right? <laughs> I have, I I'm, my brother-in-law asked me to brew beer for him, but I have to put it in a thank you gig because of where I'm supplying the beer to or whatever. Okay, so you're uh, pouring, so the event is at some licensed establishment, and it has to look like a pro beer. Okay, 
Yeah, it was a wedding. I don't know if I said that. That's fine. I, we got it. The place has thank you hookups only. Yeah. Call them up and ask for bollocks. They're like, what? Okay. So, question? Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I want it to be clear beer, but I don't, I can't filter. So, I, what, I, what I did was I brewed like uh, 20 gallons to go into a 15-gallon tanky, and I used American Ale 2 to maybe it'll drop out. And I wonder if I have any advice from you guys. Like, should I crash it before I keg it? I've always kegged it and then crashed it. I, mean, I don't want, like, a slug of yeast at the bottom of that thing. You know what I'm saying? Dude, really? How come you didn't ferment it and then do, like, this, like, the Sankey was your secondary situation? Or, like, your. Because he didn't want all that or garbage s- at the bottom. Here's an idea. Or secondary, and then it went into the Sankey. Well, do both. Well, I, I, crash I it. Know. It sounds I, like it's already in the Sankey. I don't Sankey. have to meet fermenter. First of all, Brewer Stout, they like dark beers, right? It's cool. (laughs) Wait, but it sounds to me, the reason I'm asking that is, it sounds to me like it's already done and in a Sankey. Is that right? It's already done, and I'm about to, I want to, all right, I've got it fermented. It's in in four different fermenters. Oh, okay. I'm trying to fill a 15-gallon Sankey. Okay. All right, so clear your beer. Clear Clear your beer, right? How do you normally clear your beer? Well, normally I put it in the set, I put it in a corny, okay, but I put it in there warm or fermentate, so that way it doesn't suck in a bunch of air. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay, when fine. Then how do you? It. Okay, do you add it? Do you add a fine? Do you find it, or do you? Once you get it into that other uh, corny, do you find it? Do um, you filter if, it? What if do you I, do? See, well, if I was using like uh, American Ale or 1056 or whatever, yeah. I would I would put gelatin in my keg. Perfect. So why don't you just keep do that? Why don't you? Do, what I'm saying is, why don't you get four or five gallon kegs to clarity, and then transfer it over to the tanky tank? Okay, I, I guess that's what I'm asking. I should okay. if, if I do that. Uh, okay, I guess I could. I, I guess I could do that. The corny kegs like a bright tank. Yeah, you tasty, almost. Right? Well, eventually, one of them's a bright tank. They may start out being, you know, secondary fermentation coming right. out of your fermenter. You may take too much stuff that you do want that to fall out. It's more work, but if you're not going to filter, then. You're going to get clear beer over to that Sankey by essentially doing a secondary for each yeah. carboy in your in your corny cakes. Could right, he? So would it saying, not, uh, couldn't he? <laughs> couldn't he just do his findings in primary? He could, but he could do it in the Sankey. Yeah. The Sankey that he racks into, uh, since he's going to, they're going to be stationary, right? He's going to put the clarifier in there. Everything's going to settle out. He's going to have time to do all that. But he you know, can't put the he can't put the clarifier in his carboys right he, now. You can, you oh. can, but really it, it acts better in oh. the secondary without you know without all the other stuff that it okay. white clear stuff you don't need to. And as long as you do a reasonable racking out of your fermenter, that's a good point. It switched in the bottom; it should stay hey, there. Say, say hypothetically, I'm too lazy or I don't have time. All See, I, those I, I'm figuring out this coins. guy already. Uh-huh. Yeah, go on. Basically. He's I me. actually relate He's with me. Justin yes. a lot because here's the thing: is I think I know a lot about brewing, but I don't actually do it that often. And so uh, this is like a lot of pressure on me. So okay. I feel like uh, I'm gonna, like, believe me, you're you're right. Accelerating and getting beer ready for presentation is a, a big part of uh, brewing that most people don't even consider. And you're in that area right now. It sounds like this so, is why this is where my line of questioning comes from, Tasty, because I can tell he's me. Justin's yeah. so, fluent. He wants to know what corners can he cut. Rather than how to do it. To get the clearest beer in that Sankey cake. So he is, I'm telling you right now, no matter what we say, he is not going to put those four carboys into four different corny cakes. No. So. So Okay, you can do them a couple at a time. He should crash it. He's not going to do it. Crash it. It, They're going to go, okay, there we go. Because he's going to go from fermenters. Crash it, crash it in the carboys. Yes. Okay, do you have time to let it sit for a week or so? 
yeah, I could crash it in the carboys and then transfer it. But I wasn't. I've always, I've always kind of heard not to do that. Why do it? If it's well, I don't know. I thought maybe it sucked air in. It'll something. pull air in, like, yeah, a little bit. But you can just put no, a no, no, push off it out. Something you're fine. Purge it. Push it out with CO2. Yeah, uh, you're, you're it's not. gonna get freaking drank like immediately. It's fine. Just crash it. That's your oh. answer. Crash it. It's got uh, most of that stuff's gonna drop off, like Tasty said, for like a week. Yeah. Crash it. Rack it into the Sankey keg. Yeah. Drink it fast. Yeah, that's yeah. what I did for and the. If, if you can put the Sankey in keg in place, ah, yeah, uh, at oh, least twenty four hours before you're gonna serve it. Yes, and not move it. You should be. Fine. That's even better. Yeah, if you bring it there, like say you go to the wedding in the morning, and the keg's in the back of your car, and then you drive it over to the reception, and then you put it on the floor, and then you tap it. Everything you, all this cold crashing, useless. So, well, virtually useless. Yeah. Uh, so, so they're both right. Cold crash it, and then get it there the night before. Leave it. Don't move it. Don't touch it. Don't move it. They tap it. It's done the night before. It'll be fine. It'll be fine by my standards, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, Which is how I'm trying to give you your answer. It does work well. That's what I did for the uh, the Brewcaster Challenge Black IPA. I just threw the the secondary into my fridge and let it sit for yeah. three days, and then I racked it into the keg. And I I even force carved it and mixed everything up that day, and it was still pretty clear. Yeah, cold crashing yes. is the original clarifier. It right. works. Well, yep. it's like I want to make clear beer, but I don't want to filter it. Well, then you're fucked. Essentially, if you don't want to do anything, but you want clear beer, yeah, you, you can't do it. This will get, at least get you clear-ish homebrew level beer, with the exception. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Of chill haze, that you, the the crashing doesn't help sure. you with. So if you, but but you might get lucky with none of that. You might. Are we good? Oh, I lost him anyway. That's weird. Listen to the podcast. Oh, he's gone. He'll figure it out. He will figure it out. He's JP, a smart man. you see, you saved the day for that guy because there's no fucking way he was going to do no. all that work. <laughs> no, he should if he uh, wants that. Yeah, yeah but that's the right it. way yeah. to do it. That's for sure. why it started like this. I have a question for you guys because I don't want to read all the books or do anything else. <laughs> yeah, yep, right. <laughs> that's your preface right there. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it right. <laughs> He's looking for the corner cut. Have, that's any, it. Any, any you guys the corner cut? Any you guys fill the Sankey from uh, no homebrew? So I didn't even Side. want to get into that. Yeah, there is I, some, uh, I was waiting till uh, after the call. There are some one wing valve issues there. By the way. Yeah, I didn't exactly. Even right. Ask yeah. that question. I you got to no pull the uh, beer out connector off and take that little ball out of there. Right. Uh, he's gonna have fun with that too. I suspect. Has he thought about this part yet? It uh, sounds like he's done this before. Maybe so he, he might have a tool yeah. to pull off the That's entire true. stave right, and then JP. just and then rack right into it. We're done with oh, him. That's the same guy. We we have finished with that. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably doesn't have a Sankey connector. Forget that. So yeah. I have Richard on the phone from uh, Dick. Dick. Actually, if, he said his name was Evil Brewer, but I thought he said Evil Brewer Dick. So I'm not sure, but uh, on the forum anyway. Anyway, he uh, is a fan of Reuben Brews. Yeah. That the baby or the yes. beer? Uh, no, <laughs> the sandwich. sandwich. I'm oh. a fan of the sandwich. <laughs> There's three choices. You know the one on the marble rye. Delicious. He just wants to have a chat about them because he thinks that they're great. Dick, what's happening? Hey, uh, I am uh, calling just to tell you guys that uh, Ruben's Brew is awesome. I didn't get to w- listen to your show tonight, uh, but I, I saw that they were on. Yeah. I, I recommend you and listen to the archive because uh, Adam killed it. He's a he was great to listen to. He gave us a bunch of information, and the beer was excellent. Yeah, yeah, no, their their beer is awesome. I uh, I love heading over to their brewery. I'm a I'm actually a brewer myself. I work over at Mac and Jack's. Oh yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, love visiting. Beautiful. Hey, did- uh, um, 
yeah, you can you can actually go into their brew pub and get drunk just uh, just sampling every one of their beers too. They've got like and I would eighteen things on tap. Dick, were you one of those people in line for the uh, Imperial Stout? Uh, no, I wasn't. Unfortunately, I don't get out a whole lot right now. Got a brand new baby, so I'm sorry. It's working home. <laughs> working home. Working home and whatever she wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> but I figured uh, figured beans uh, beans they were on tonight. I would uh, call in and uh, give a plug for all the local people who haven't been over there. I'm glad you did. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. He was a, a his beer was awesome. A great guest. I recommend going there. And uh, next time I'm in the area, it'll probably be my first stop. Thanks for the call, brother. Yeah, no problem. All you right. guys have a good night. Cheers, you too. All right, let's get out of here, shall we? Good show, everybody. That was fun. And I did want to thank once again uh, Adam from Rubens Brews. I thought he really did kill it, and uh, it was nice to listen to him. I think we got a good uh, got a good amount of information. We certainly made up for last week's uh, zero information. <laughs> Worse than zero. I feel like people forgot things they already knew listening to last week's show. <laughs> last that was week. just Brendan's whiskey. It was That's a all. brain drain. Brendan. I love the man, but uh, mm-hmm. Wow. We, what are we going to do? How are we going to be friends with Brendan? Can't keep up with him. I think I we already are. We're a bunch of pussies. Well, that's what I mean. It's not his. It's not him. It's us. <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, I hope he comes to Winterfest. I do know he's sending uh, Moylan's beer. I did talk to him about that, so that'll be great. Arnie from Marin, his other place, is already sending beer. He always does. Uh, it'd be nice to see Brendan out at, at, at the fest. I think maybe I can hang at the fest. What do you think? You should try I and keep so up with him. And keep you up there. Just hang out with him and try and keep up. Ugh. And just every time it's getting a little crazy, just pretend like someone's speaking into your IFB. You know, oh, like, yeah. oh, this is important. I got to go. I got the security guard yeah. thing to get to... your own tap on the shoulder. How huh? nice. And then go to the water station. I should wear one of those. <laughs> yeah, just go every time. Just yeah. and then chug <laughs> at the water station. Yeah. You'll All right. Fine. Thanks again to Rubens Brews. Uh, next week, we got a great show planned for you. Chris Kuzme. Kuzme. Uh, he's at uh, 508 Brewery uh, in is it Brooklyn or is it Manhattan? New York. I think it's Manhattan. Actually. It is, might be Manhattan. It's definitely New York City. Right. Uh, I just forget which borough he's in. But, borough. Uh, borough. But Chris is a good dude, and it's a small brewery that's uh, seeing some real success and brewing some great beers over there. So you're going to want to tune in for that show as well. That's next week. Get your tickets now for Winter's Bruce, uh, Winter Bruce Festival. I'm telling you, I do have a... I think we're going to sell out this year. I think we are, too. I think it's the first time ever that we're going to sell out. I'd buy them early if I were you. I think you should. Is that it? No, we have Twitter game. Fuck! <laughs> always forget the Twitter game. Uh, it's so important, too. I can't believe I forget it. <sighs> you know, I don't want to do it anymore. Aww. What was our Twitter game? I can't, I can't remember. It was too important. <laughs> I think it was, what does Moscow do now that he doesn't have a Twitter account? See, I remember it. (laughs) What did we get? It's the only thing I do well. Uh, And even then, Tony Cameranian says, Scott is now pinning Hooters on his Pinterest page. Okay. Okay, I thought it was funny. The restaurant? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Wookie Jack writes, uh, he's perfecting his black guy PA recipe. Black guy? Black guy. Yeah. Black IPA. Bill Coon writes the same stupid stuff he's always done. Now we just get to hear about it even less. <laughs> <laughs> Crispy writes making anal beads out of JP's D and uh, D die. You know where to look if you want the twenty cider back. <laughs> oh. Ryan Bell, Spider Wait, Rain. Where? Oh. Like who's anal? Who's a noose? That's a good question. Anal beads. I don't know. I guess I follow the string. I, I think he's just intimating that I stole it. 
Okay. Yeah. I know that, but he said we know where to look, and I, I'm just thinking. I think he was implying Even if we Scott's know that he makes anal beats, bottom. do we know where to look for them? Spider Wrangler writes, watching archive NHL playoff footage while wearing just his mask and gloves. The man knows me well. <laughs> Is that your roommate? <laughs> Anders McKinnon writes, writing songs under the pseudonym Sugar Valley Brewer. Diva How great would that What a coup that would be. And Ulrich writes, painting self-portraits of himself counting money. Duh. <laughs> you have one of those already, don't you? It's yeah, it was me. hard to paint with one hand and count money with the other, but I figured it out. Yeah, He used his feet. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Those are the, those are the deals. I like the one where it's the same. We just hear less of it. That's pretty yeah, good. That's I, good. Like that. I like All that. All right, Bill Coon's the winner then. There you go. Congratulations. You won our best game ever, the Twitter game. You know, I'm feeling degraded. I'm gonna when I visit <laughs> really? you in the when Scott visits you on the hospital on our behalf. Right. I'm gonna I'll play that clip for you. I'll no. have him bring that clip. Good. I can't wait. You'll remember your value. I can't wait to die. How long do I have to stay at the hospital once I'm there? Um, he, he doesn't even want to. Stay. He won't know. He'll be no, out no, of it. No, I mean, I, I you know, I, I want to support you. He'll be high as a kite. Once JP hours. starts playing boner chicken, then you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> you should ask your roommate when you get in there, JP. Hey. Hey, bro. Bro. You want to play boner chicken? <laughs> Come on, we're not doing anything. Think he'll go for it? Got a lot of I time. think he would. You don't like our jokes. No. Sorry. I'm you bummed him out. You bummed me out. Mm, it's too bad. It's a feelings calendar time now. Will you wear your uh, hospital gown backwards for boner chicken? <laughs> I think that's what you have to do. The slit goes in the front. The slit yeah. goes in the front. We'll all go visit for that, JP. Hey, JP. Jump up to hug us all on morphine. Hey, JV, you have your thing on? Never mind. <laughs> Important message from the chat. Andy Wood wanted me to tell you, Justin, that he loves your balls. Oh, well, that's nice. Isn't it? No. It's always nice gross. to hear. Nice for you. I mean, I'm not getting out. <laughs> that's true. All right, Jip, are you ready to take us out of here? I suppose. We'll see you all next week. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Thank you to Adam from Rubens Brews. Check him out over at rubensbrews.com. The Hops for Housing Homebrew Showcase is coming to San Francisco next month. Sample beers from 15 homebrewers to help raise money for the SF Tenants Union. Go to hopsforhousing.eventbrite.com for details. Not funny at all, apparently. JP is riddled with cancer over on Twitter at Major Jip. Scott is no longer on Twitter in silent protest of the escalation of the gender wars. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Maskowitz. JP is looking for his self-esteem somewhere. Your call screener and sandwich guru has Bebo, uh, Bebo and your host was Justin Bosley. Be sure to bind the Booting Network on Baybook and Biba. Justin's a nice guy and when